This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Rich Zioli. No doubt in my mind, no doubt Biden is blaming Republicans for the border because he wants nothing to change. No doubt in my mind, even though Biden's standing there wearing his Ukraine tie, which he received for being the employee of the year in 2015, his Ukraine pin. Joe Biden did not want this border bill to go through because he doesn't want anything to change. It's an open border. He's happy. But he does want to blame Republicans and Trump and his MAGA friends. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And uh, in New York City, they fired the RoboCop. RoboCop is out of a job. I will explain that for you. The very expensive, creepy robot cop that was patrolling the streets of Times Square, but didn't have the ability to shoot anybody and kill them, unlike the actual RoboCop, after the corporation removed their controls on him anyway uh fired out of a job so i'll give you details on that and country legend patriot superstar toby keith dead very very sad that he passed away guy was great every 9-11 we usually play his song uh that he wrote after 9-11 and that song has uh they tried to cancel that song once actually courtesy of the red white and blue but we will uh we'll, we'll have a little toby on the show for you today don't you worry And I would be remiss if I did not mention in all of the uh, craziness of the day today with all the politics on Capitol Hill that a federal appeals court has said that President Trump, former President Trump, does not have immunity as president of the United States. No immunity from his January 6th prosecution. Now, this is not the end of the line here for this case, obviously, but it is the big story of the day today. And it's brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A. Dr. Mike Venaria, my dentist, my friend, and the master of dental implants. So a federal appeals court in uh, D.C. today ruled that Donald Trump does not have immunity from prosecution in his election case as a result of having been president at the time of the alleged crimes. Now, he's going to ask the Supreme Court to overturn the appeals court ruling. My sense is the court will take it up. I can't imagine why they wouldn't. This is a this is a, a, a very, very serious matter and one that the Supreme Court needs to weigh in on. Because reality is that if presidents don't have immunity, we're going to see a lot of indictments of former presidents going forward. A lot of them. I I keep bringing up the issue of Barack Obama ordering the missile strikes against American citizens who he believed were terrorists. But we don't know for a fact they were terrorists. We just have to because they never had a trial. And, you know, in this country, you're presumed innocent until you're proven guilty. 
So he ordered their deaths. I mean, can somebody construe that to be murder? I don't know. I don't think so. I would hope not. But given this ruling by the appeals court, I mean, he's not immune from prosecution. If you get some United States attorney who's hell bent on bringing down Barack Obama, there's no statute of limitations on murder. And if nothing else, even if he's found not guilty, it could just make his life a living hell for a while. So this opens up a whole Pandora's box, as they say, of issues regarding the presidency and what when presidents are. Well, I mean, when when they can be held criminally liable for their actions or their lack of actions, I would argue, too. I mean, I wonder how that plays into it. You know, if, if the president purposely, knowingly allows the border invasion to continue and then the president and there's a terrorist attack or something like that. I mean, can the president be charged for dereliction of duty years down the line? Treason? I, I don't know. I'm just saying the, the all it takes is a is a hell bent prosecutor to bring charges. We see that with Trump. I mean, you don't need the charges don't have to be legit. They just have to be charges. And the charges don't have to be based in merit. They just have to have a prosecutor willing to file them. And that's really all it comes down to. I mean, look at Georgia, for example. I mean, the, the, the case in Georgia is a joke. Look at the case against Trump on the federal level. It's a joke, but it doesn't matter. If you have a, a district attorney or United States attorney or a attorney general who wants to go after a former president for something they did or didn't do while they were president, I don't see why you couldn't given this. So all you need then is somebody who wants to make a name for themselves, whether it's a good case or not. Is that really relevant? Is it relevant with Trump now? You just got to bring charges. That's it. You don't, I mean, nobody gets to really question you. You get to bring charges. And as long as the, I mean, the statute of limitation doesn't even have to apply in some cases, but nevertheless, the court said we cannot accept the, that the office of the presidency places its former occupants above the law for all time thereafter. How about for all time thereafter? I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean the presidents have like five years of immunity, five months of immunity, no immunity whatsoever for anything they do while in office? If it's in any way, shape, or form connected to the job? Because Trump's argument is that, look, I was, I was out there telling people as, as president that this election was being stolen. I'm the president. I took an oath to take care that the laws are faithfully executed. I didn't believe that they were being because I think the election was being stolen, and I spoke out about it. And then people went down to the Capitol. There's nothing wrong with going to the Capitol. The people that broke the law that day, and I don't mean people that you know took a selfie in the in the hall of the Capitol, but well, they're being charged. So w- w- what what's the basis of charging Trump? And the argument is what he he, he denied the election results. Well, th- that I mean, how how is that criminal? And it's a matter of opinion of whether or not the election was fair or not. That's a matter of opinion, just like it's a matter of opinion whether or not that person's a terrorist or not. In the absence of a trial. When Barack Obama ordered that drone strike and the killing of Anwar al-Awlaki, it was just, it was an opinion that he was a terrorist. He had not been convicted in court. He had not been found guilty by a jury of his peers. So it was an opinion. And presidents can get it right, can get it wrong. And that's why we have Congress there to impeach him. And Trump was impeached for January 6th. And then he was acquitted by the Senate. But that's why we have Congress. That's why we have the impeachment clause. That we don't have chaos because there are a lot of United States attorneys general out there who would love to make a name for themselves. They would love to make a name for themselves. And the question, of course, is 
If a president is federal, I mean, I guess theoretically you could bring charges in pretty much any venue you want throughout the country for something the president did. I don't think it just has to be in the District of Columbia. The president broke the law, it broke the law for the entire country. I would think. I don't know. I again, this is entirely new legal ground here. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything because it's a 57-page opinion from the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. I figured they would rule this way. I did, when, when the judge was going back and forth, if you remember, with one of Trump's attorneys about could the president order Navy SEALs to kill his political opponent? And the attorney was saying, well, I guess theoretically, but, you know, Congress could deal with it. If Congress could impeach him for it. And, you know, there's obviously then there's the political will of the people. It's ridiculous, hypothetical. Could the president order his political opponent assassinated by Navy SEALs? But the problem, though, is what if the political opponent is actually somebody who's a a Manchurian candidate terrorist who wants to destroy the country and the president has super secret double probation intel on it? That's highly classified, top secret, double probation. And the president orders his death to save the country. Like Obama ordered the death of Anwar al-Awlaki. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the problem here with all this is that sometimes presidents have to make decisions that really skirt the law and really skirt the gray area of things. You know, it's like this. Remember the remember the show Homeland, which was a good show. But the first season where, you know, you had this guy returning from Afghanistan. He's a war hero. He was held captive and he became uh, a fanatic. You know, and he was going to kill the vice president of the United States of America. He ultimately became a congressman. I mean, what happens if the president gets information that a member of Congress has been flipped and is working for the enemy? You know, like Rashida Tlaib or Ilan Omar, for example, who actually really are. But no, and then and then and then that, that member of Congress is planning to do something and they find out, Mr. President, that guy has a bomb. He's going to blow up the Capitol building. Should we take him out? And the president goes, yeah, take him out. And now you've killed a member of Congress. But you could do these hypotheticals all day long. Jamie Raskin was famous for asking the question of, could a president kill members of the Senate who might want to find him guilty of impeachment? Could the president just order their assassinations? I mean, you could play this dumb hypothetical game all day, but, but there may be circumstances where the president does have to order the death of somebody on U.S. soil. I don't know. I don't know, but... All it takes is somebody to say the president's actions were completely inappropriate and that it was murder. And now you're dragging the former president into court and he's got to fight to prove his innocence and why he was not actually acting in that capacity as a normal person killing somebody, but that he killed this person just in the name of national security, you know, and you got to let a jury decide, I guess. I, I don't I, I don't I don't know, but it's just it 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 opens up a lot of problems. It really does. It opens up a lot of problems. No, if 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 the pre- if presidents start ordering people like let's say a, a modern day president pulls a Franklin Roosevelt and starts arresting people and putting them in concentration camps just because they're Japanese, and then years later a prosecutor charges him with uh, kidnapping or false arrest or something. You know, because the people never had any due process rights. And the president argues, but listen, I was, we were at war. I, 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 I put these people in this uh, internment camp for their own safety, their own good. And because there might be spies among us, I can't imagine 
how you could argue that that's kidnapping. You could you could debate whether it's constitutional or not. And obviously, since the Supreme Court overruled, overrode Korematsu, which was the decision that said it was legal for the president to take Japanese, Italian and German American citizens from their homes and put them into camps. When the Supreme Court finally overruled that, I think you could argue that it is unconstitutional. But let's say for, you know, for giggles purposes, let's say the president says, well, I don't think Korematsu applies here because um, whatever, you know, whatever reason. And we have these Russians. Let's use Russia, right? Because there was the bad guy. And Biden's got his Ukraine tie on. We have this enclave of Russians in Brooklyn. And we think that they are going, we think that they're working for the Kremlin. And so we're going to take them and remove them from their high-rise condos in Brighton Beach. And we're going to put them into camps. And there's all this outrage over it and all this outrage over it. And they're held for like six months and then they're released, you know. And the president says, well, my bad. I shouldn't have done that. Wasn't very nice. Congress impeaches him for it. But he survives the impeachment. And he's, he's acquitted. And then the people can't sue him civilly because he's the president. But then years later. The United States attorney for the Southern District of New York or the Eastern District of New York, whatever the uh, vicinage is, will turn around and say, well, I think you kidnapped these people. I think it was false arrest. I think you held them against their will. And we are charging you with all these crimes. And the president turns around and goes, wait, wait, wait. No, no, we they were we think we thought they were spies. So we 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 moved them into a CIA black site. You know, we. We, we, we picked him up in the broad daylight. We had the power under the Patriot Act to do it, and we put him away without access to an attorney and everything else. And the U.S. attorney says, I know, I, I think you kidnapped him. I think that you broke the law. I think you kidnapped them. I think you held them against their will, false arrest, and they were never charged or found guilty of anything. And therefore, you know, you are now going to face the music for that. It would just be a freaking disaster for the country because... Almost every president would be put on trial when they leave office for something that they've done as president. Because it's really, when you're dealing, especially with national security matters, you're dealing in very, very gray areas here. Very gray areas. What about if a president orders the assassination of a foreign leader, which is illegal, but he does it anyway, because he has to, for whatever reason, and he has to do it. We find out years later that, yes, Jed Bartlett really did order the assassination of 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 a foreign guy, and it was... You know, the airport tarmac, the poor guy just wanted to smoke, you know, and we find out, yeah, president ordered that guy killed, violated the law, broke the law. But now we're going to put him on trial for murder. I mean, this is silly. It's just silly. It, it, it is, it is such a, you're opening the door for not only revenge politics, but for grandstanding politics. Because the one thing I think we can all agree on is that prosecutors in the United States attorneys general, they love they love to grandstand. They love to use these things to launch their political futures. You know, they love to go after bad guys and then, quote unquote, bad guys, and then use that to run for governor, run for president, run for Senate, whatever. And we live in such a divided, angry political age that's never going away because we always have been. Newsflash. Even in the earliest days of the Republic, we were still pretty divided. I know it's hard to believe, but we also said mean things about our politicians back then. Mean cartoons. Anyway, I digress. The point is that given the anger that's out there, somebody somewhere will scream, uh, Joe Biden should be criminally liable for whatever happens as a result of the invasion of the border. So if any of these people do anything, he should be held criminally liable for this. I mean, there was a mom today who was found guilty 
of manslaughter because her son shot up a school and they found her guilty of manslaughter. So, I mean, you could argue that, well, the president, by allowing this invasion to occur, by not exercising his executive authority to do something about it, and then a terrorist sneaks in the country and then the terrorist blows something up, or kills people, that the president is guilty of manslaughter for failing to stop it. And we're charging him with manslaughter. You know, here in the Second Circuit of Texas or whatever that, wherever it is, you know what I mean? What, whatever the district is. We believe that the president is guilty of manslaughter because he knowingly, he knew you had terrorists on the, uh, you had people on the terror watch list who were coming into the country illegally. He took no action. He did nothing. He had the executive authority to do something. He didn't. And then something bad happened. Some people did some things. And now we want to, we want him guilty. He, he's charged with manslaughter because he might as well pull the trigger. He gave them the pathway into the country. I don't know. I just it just it it seems to me that every future president who leaves office will be immediately indicted by the opposing party. I agree with Trump's attorney on that. Listen, I have real problems with what Obama did or ordering those drone strikes against American citizens, four of them and killing them on foreign soil. I have real problems with it, but I don't think he should be tried for it. I don't think he should be arrested for it and tried for murder. Because you have to you have to give the president of the United States leeway in these matters and understand that if Congress doesn't like it, then Congress is the body that has to deal with it. Congress has to then adjudicate the matter. If they don't, then they don't. That's it. That's the end of it. If Congress was unhappy that Barack Obama ordered the drone strikes of Anwar al-Awlaki and said, you know what, you killed an American citizen here. The guy didn't have a trial, not even an absentia. And we think you you denied him due process and we think you're a murderer and we're you know, we're impeaching you for that. And if they had removed him from office, okay. But they never even brought the issue up. So obviously they didn't have a problem with it. That's the end of it. In Trump's case, they did bring the issue up and they impeached him. And then the Senate acquitted him. This is why the founders left this matter to the Congress and not to the criminal court system. Because even they knew that there could be things that presidents do that could violate potentially now state crimes in their their actions as presidents. So you don't you, you can't have presidents charged by states. You, you can't you can't have this nonsense happen. You, you, so you leave it to Congress to deal with. And then if Congress doesn't deal with it, well, then that's the end of it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And that, does that mean that the president could have. And I told you what I would do, <laughs> you know, if I were president to Jamie Raskin's point, actually, Matt, if you can grab that clip of Jamie Raskin with his hypothetical about if the president starts assassinating senators. I mean, you could do hypotheticals all, all, all freaking day long. You can, but the but the issue becomes, do you really want to play this game of thinking that if the president really does skirt the law, which I think presidents do all the time, we are really then going to try them and we're going to forget gray matters and we're going to bring we're going to bring court action here because you're going to have a mess. You're going to have a mess on your hands, a constitutional mess. Now, the Supreme Court will definitely take this appeal up. I can't imagine it in a universe where they wouldn't. And this is this is what the Supreme Court's there for. It's not really there for that purpose, but given the power it gave itself in Marbury versus Madison, it certainly is. So now the Supreme Court has to decide: Do presidents have immunity from their actions, criminal immunity from their actions as president while they're in office? And then I guess the other question is: If they have criminal immunity, if they don't have criminal immunity, what about civil immunity? And can, can I sue them civilly? Can I can can people sue presidents civilly for whatever actions that they've done? If they are personally affected by it, 
All these people who've lost their community centers in Massachusetts, can they sue Joe Biden when he leaves office for their discomfort, for their pain and suffering after they lost their community centers? I don't know, but why the hell not? If we're going to play this crazy game, so the Supreme Court will take this issue up. I don't think that they will side with, I don't, I don't think they're going to uphold what the appeals court said. It would just be too crazy for the Republic. And then also, what's the point of having an impeachment clause? You know, what's the point of having the impeachment clause in the Constitution if a president can be charged legally? Criminally, I mean, what, what's, what's the point? Because all you're doing is saying that the impeachment clause is irrelevant. That if presidents break the law, there really is no course of action for presidents until they leave office. Because the impeachment clause is not final. So, there you go. I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is such a mess that they are creating with this ruling today that will have ramifications that will forever change this country. I mean, it's that, it's that serious. It'll forever change this country. There are things that, that Democrat presidents did that I don't agree with, but I also think that to, to argue that they've committed crimes and to hold them liable in criminal court is just way too much of a stretch. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in today on everything we are discussing. Don't forget our big event Wednesday night, tomorrow night. With Terry Hayes, the author of I Am Pilgrim. Tomorrow night, Main Point Books in Wayne, PA. Get your tickets by going to 1210WPHT.com. Joe Biden says Trump and his MAGA friends killed the border bill. Got a lot of great audio for you. Biden, the answer he gave about the hostage transfer that's going on is, I mean, you try to understand how this guy is even remotely coherent. And good luck. We're coming right back. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Great show, Keith. Died too soon. True patriot, great, great singer, and uh, in my opinion, uh, an all around hell of a guy. Great entertainer. Damn shame. I love that song too. It gives me goosebumps, gives me chills. Uh, he died Monday at the age of 62 after a battle with stomach cancer. Very, very sad. He passed peacefully last night, surrounded by his family, and he fought his fight with grace and courage. And he's getting accolades all over all over the place. Um, so, yeah. 
Uh, notable line from the ruling today rejecting Trump's immunity claim, quote, it would be a striking paradox if the president, who alone is vested with the constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, were the sole officer capable of defying those laws with impunity. Well, first of all, he's not capable of defying those laws with impunity because we have a Congress that is there with the impeachment clause to deal with presidents who do exactly that. That's why we have the impeachment clause. We don't then try them in criminal court if the Congress didn't get get the guy. That's not how we do it. Now, look, I, I'm not going to suggest that double jeopardy applies here because I know that some people are making that argument today, but that's 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 a foolish argument. It's not double jeopardy. It's it, it doesn't apply. There is no criminal court for a president. It's Congress and that's it. So it's not even like a question of, well, I mean, the spirit of double jeopardy certainly applies, but it's not it's not the same thing because Congress or the impeachment clause that is a political, not a criminal matter. And that's the way the founders wanted it to be is a political matter, not a criminal matter. They, they did that for a reason. They didn't say, hey, listen, Congress has the impeachment power, but also so do attorneys general. I mean, they, they didn't even have a Department of Justice back then. There, there was no United States attorney general. There was no FBI. There was no there were no U.S. attorneys all throughout the country. But they didn't they didn't worry about any of that stuff back then because they had Article one of the Constitution, which clearly gives the Congress the ability to deal with the president who's committed bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors. And, yeah, you know, anything that they viewed, I mean, that's the old the, the question of what does it rise to the level of impeachment? Well, it's a question of does Congress believe it is worth impeaching? That was the first time they tackled this with the president, Andrew Johnson, after Lincoln's assassination. It's the first time that they dealt with it. And they decided at that point that, yes, what he did is worthy of impeachment. It is up to Congress, the House of Representatives, to make that argument. And then it's up to the Senate to try and convict the president. And then even then, the president has not been convicted in criminal court. He's now just a private citizen ineligible of holding office again. And then the question becomes, can you then charge a president after he's been convicted and removed from office? And the question seems to be, the answer seems to be yes, although I think that's still a gray area. But most legal scholars, and I'm not one, but most legal scholars think, yeah, after a president has been impeached and removed from office, at that point, yes, you could criminally charge him for what he did. And you know, the, other, the other question that, that comes up here in all this is, and I think this has to go back to Watergate with Nixon. I mean, Ford pardoned Nixon. They were going to probably charge Nixon with crimes related to Watergate. Congress was going to impeach Nixon, but he resigned. I mean, Nixon would have been impeached. Whether or not he would have been convicted in the, in the Senate, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But the argument would be that he resigned. Congress didn't get their, their chance to go after the president. So then most likely Nixon was going to be charged in court. For, for paying off people who broke into the Watergate Hotel. And then God only knows what would have happened. So Gerald Ford said, our national nightmare has to end. It has to end, and that's the end of it. And then, you know, we got we to gotta move on here. And then that was it. So I think there's ample precedent to understand the, the, the problem that can arise here if you start charging presidents with the actions of their office after they leave. And then the question becomes, what is what is an action of the president? You know, what what rises to what is a presidential action and what rises to the to the person acting in their own individual capacity? 
And again, that's an answer that is a very gray area because technically you could argue that anything the president does, he's doing in his capacity as president. It's not like a nine to five job. You're always president. So if the president does something that is clearly outside the realm of his office, well, then do you hold him criminally responsible for that or do you leave that to Congress too? And again, that's a question that I think you just have to leave it to Congress. I think you have to leave it to Congress and that's it. Because you're, you're, you're dealing with otherwise a situation where future, in the future, people are going to want to cast revenge. And they, even if they know the charges won't stick, even if they know the person is not going to be found guilty or anything like that, they don't care because sometimes the process is the punishment is what they say. The process is the punishment. And if they just go down that road of the process being the punishment, that's enough. That's enough sometimes. You, you don't have to worry about getting a conviction. You've made the person's life a living hell. They got to pay for a criminal defense. They got to do all those things. They got to get dragged through court, dragged through the mud. They got to do all these things. And then you turn around and you go, all right, well, you know what? I, I guess I guess it, w- it was worth it because we made your life a living hell. For the purpose of this criminal case, former President Trump has become citizen Trump with all the defenses of any other criminal defendant, said the three judge panel. But any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. That's what the court said. The court rejected the claim that Trump allegedly injected himself into a process in which the president has no role by the counting and certifying of the Electoral College votes, thereby undermining constitutionally established procedures and the will of Congress. The court concluded Trump is not protected from criminal prosecution under the separation of powers doctrine or impeachment judgment clause of the Constitution. Quote, Trump's stance would collapse our system of separated powers by placing the president beyond the reach of all three branches. How? Presidential immunity against federal indictment would mean that as to the president, the Congress could not legislate, the executive could not prosecute, and the judiciary could not review. That's, that's crazy. I mean, this is the, this is the executive going after the, the former executive who happens to be the guy running against the executive. This is another reason why, if you think about when the Congress, think about when the Constitution was, was, um, was ratified, the, the president was the whole kit and caboodle. You know, he was the whole executive branch of government. So that means then that they wanted the legislative branch to deal with presidents and whatever power they abuse because they knew the executive could go after the other executive or the guy that wants his job because that's how they did it in other countries. You know, they would wind up having a, 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 a deposed leader and then they would take him and they would charge him after his term was over and then they'd hang him and kill him. I mean, they'd do, they'd, all kinds of things. The founders were acutely aware of that. So they said, well, you know, if you leave this in the hands of the executive to deal with a president while they're president, then, you're, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have people getting revenge against their political enemies. So you have to leave it to the legislature and then that's the end of it. Now, they better repeal this ruling. They better appeal this ruling. They, they have to do that because if they don't, if they don't, then they'll be going to be making a huge mistake, not just for Trump, but also for the for the country, for the country going forward. It would be a disaster. 855-839-1210 is the number. Joe's in Coatesville. Joe, how are you, sir? Hey, Rich. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. Hey, I just wanted to take this opportunity. I, I apologize. I know you're on a roll, but uh, Toby Keith uh, just... You know, his passing away brings up a memory. I was stationed in uh, Afghanistan, um, Bagram, 
and uh, Toby Keith came out to do a concert for all the servicemen. But what people might not know is, and my Army friends can attest, uh, Toby Keith and uh, one of his other um, backup players actually jumped on a helo and went out and visited, uh, if I remember, 15 Ford operating bases in five days. Uh, some of those bases in hot zones, you know, quote, unquote, hot zones. And uh, he just made sure that he went out there and they got a little bit of entertainment in some, you know, not so nice places. So I'll never forget that because he really made every effort to give us um, his very best when we were out there. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I love that. That's great, Joe. And, and thank you for your service, brother. I, I, I appreciate that. And that's a great story. And I think when those guys go over there, guys and gals go over there and entertain the troops, that is that is a wonderful thing that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, there there weren't many. Uh, I remember there, there were a few, but there weren't many. But somebody who put that much time and stayed out there and then went to, like I said, not the most plush places to visit. Uh, he was just somebody very special to all of us out there. Thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate the call and for the memories. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, look, I mean, he's if, if, if that's that's a fantastic, fantastic um, story. And I love that. I really do. I think it's great. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. If you want to weigh in, Joe is an ambler. Hello, Joe. Hey, Rich uh, General Fugazi. Uh, yeah, I, you're wrong more than a blind tarot card reader. OK, uh, did you forget about or do you have amnesia? Because. Do you remember the Bill Clinton scandal? <laughs> what did they do to him after he got out of office? They took him to trial criminally, and he lost his law license, correct? And they fined him $250,000, correct? You know, and that was after, huh? Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That was after he was out of office. So they had, your precedence is all wrong. All of your legal talk is all wrong. Everything that you say is wrong. I mean, how can you defend that when it's already precedent that they took him to trial? Clinton. For what? Not, not even murdering nobody. First of all, he was not criminally charged in Monica Lewinsky. It was. It was uh, he was. No, no, no. You need see, do your research. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Well, first of all, let me ask you this question. Do you agree with that or not? Do I, if they're guilty of something, take them to court. Mm-hmm. And they found him. And again, they made, the prosecutor made a deal with him in which he lost it. They didn't take him to court fully. But again, they charged him correctly. Right. As he should have been. And right. The deal that he came back with was, look, I'll give you 250 or whoever came up with, which was a conservative at the time, I'm sure. Right. Told him this is the deal we'll make you. So, again, if Trump did all this, like they're saying, why don't he just make a deal? Because there's precedent already. You're dead wrong. Well, first of all, do you think that let me ask you a question. Do you think that getting a in the Oval Office is the same thing as acting in your capacity as president? Well, look at it like this. No, 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 Uh, I'm asking you. I mean, your opinion. Do you do you think that getting a, 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 you know, in the Oval Office a Lewinsky in the Oval Office. Do you think that that is acting in your capacity as president? Well, again, if it is or isn't, is murdering somebody in your capacity? Is is being the leader of a uh, overthrowing the government in so, your capacity? So then, so then, Barack the Obama. So then, so then, no. so then, Barack Obama should be charged with with um, with murder, right? Because he killed those American but citizens again, with drone strikes. If you strikes? can get twelve people to say yes, that's your problem. 
If you can get 12 people so to say yes, you, then do it. You want that to pony occur. Up, you, you pony up the money and take it to court. Wait a second, wait a second. You want that to occur. You you want you want presidents then to be charged with crimes. You want that to occur. You know why, what, you know why Obama isn't charged? Because nobody will pony up and charge him. <laughs> Am I right? But they did pony up and charge Clinton. Well, first of all, dead wrong the, the, case, the case you're talking about has to do with Paula Jones, first of all, not Lewinsky. But nevertheless... And uh, it was criminal, wasn't it? Shouldn't all presidents be, you know, vacated of any crimes they do? Well, regardless of who you're talking about, right? Well, the, the yeah. and this was That's under Arkansas. Crazy, this was under Arkansas that that the, this happened. So it was state. I'm not sure I really agree with it, but he decided to settle instead of fight the question of whether or not he could be held accountable for something. But this was also remember but Paula it, Jones. Hang on a second. He was Paula Jones. Wait a second. Paula Jones happened before <laughs> Bill Clinton became president. Bill Clinton was impeached uh, no, for Monica no. Lewinsky. No, it wasn't. Yes. That's where you're getting it wrong. Google no, it out no. Listen see. to me. Listen to me. Bill Clinton was impeached for Monica Lewinsky. You remember that? <laughs> yes. And what did they do? Did they did they did they find him guilty or not? No. And then they took him to court criminally for what? Things they shouldn't have been they doing. Did not in, take in him, office. You're wrong about that. They didn't take him to criminal court. The the case you're talking about is Paula Jones. You're you're talking about the wrong. Problem is Bill Clinton's had so many women that you were thinking about the wrong woman. That's the problem. Don't make here. a difference to me. They still took him criminally. He was an ex president, right? And they took him to court as an ex president. Not before. <laughs> after he was the president, sir. Not for what he did as president. But nevertheless, let me ask you a question. Do you think that somebody having a sexual relationship with somebody in the White House is the same thing as their official duties? Again, whether you're murdering somebody, whether you do it, it's all the same, right? In my eyes, if I'm president, everything I do is legal, right? You're okay. saying he can't oh, okay. be taken so, to so court. Then, so, then understand, so understand then, you're going to have presidents now. Almost every president is going to be brought to court when they leave office. Pony for up what they if do. you got the twelve people to convince them. Pony up if you got yeah, twelve I'll people you, to convince you, them. You are you are See? going to set up something that one day you're going to regret when they charge Joe Biden for something. I'm going to when set they it up. When, no, when they charge they Joe, listen to me. When they charge Joe Biden for something in criminal court, you are going to regret it one day. You know that you Forget are going to regret his it. Lawyers, his lawyers should be p- picking and choosing what he does. Then right. But nobody sat back and said anything that Trump was doing was wrong. And maybe he should just blame it or maybe you should be putting the blame on his lawyers. Right. Because maybe they're the guys that are more blind than a freaking, you know, what I mean, tarot card reader. Well, first of all, I don't because think you, you, first first of all, I don't think you need can't. to insult blind people. But thank you for the call, Joe. I don't think you need to insult blind people. So Paula Jones sued Bill Clinton. That was a civil matter. And then a judge found Clinton in contempt of court for lying about Lewinsky and took away his law license. But he was never, he, he, he didn't, that, that's, a, that's a matter of dealing with a professional law license. So Clinton lost his law license. He wasn't, he, there was no trial putting Bill Clinton, there was no, Bill Clinton was going to go to prison for, for anything related to Monica Lewinsky or Paula Jones. Like there, there was nothing around that. You know, the, the question of could Bill Clinton now, after he leaves the White House, could he, serve as an attorney no he wasn't he was punished because as an attorney he gave false and misleading statements as an officer of the court so he lost his law license that's not the same thing as facing criminal prosecution that's not the same thing as 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 facing going to federal prison and if somebody sues you in your capacity as a private person for actions you did before you were president or even while you were president well i mean I'm sure Joe was cheering on the Eugene Carroll case. 
the defamation case, which was not a sexual assault case, by the way. It was a defamation case, but I'm sure Joe was cheering that on. So, I mean, of course, yeah, people can sue presidents civilly for things that happen in their own personal life before they're a president. The question of whether they are president or not, I don't know. Monica Lewinsky did not decide to go down that, that, that path. But, yeah, I mean, if you are an attorney and you're an officer of the court and you give false testimony, you, you will lose your law license. Ask any attorney. That is what happens. It's a professional sanction. That's a professional sanction against them. That's not the same thing as putting a guy on trial in criminal court. I don't even know how you could make the same assumption of that. That's, I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ray is in the Northeast. Ray, oh, I got to take a quick break. All right, let me take a quick break. Ray, hang on real, real quick, and I'll come right back. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. We're coming right back. I'll give you the latest on Joe Biden and all the crazy things he said today, and there were a lot of them, as I think Biden wants this border chaos. I really do. I think he wants it, and he's doing everything he possibly can to perpetrate it. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. The great Toby Keith. Let me, I just, I have to clarify, you know, that last caller, I, 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 it's important to clarify. I didn't think we'd get into the history of Bill Clinton and his sordid sex, uh, uh, sex affairs, but there was um, Clinton v. Jones, which was a civil case. The Supreme Court decided a president, while in office, could still have to answer for, even if he's president, if it happened prior to him being president. All right. So there's that. Then there was the president lying under oath in the Lewinsky matter after a special counsel. There was the statute is no longer on the books, but there was a statute that Congress created, this special counsel statute. That was Kenneth Starr, who was there to investigate Whitewater. And then they expanded his duties into looking into the Lewinsky thing. Clinton testified under oath as per the first of all, he didn't fight it. He went. He didn't argue. He didn't have to. He went and testified under oath. But when you testify under oath and you lie, there can be consequences for you. And he was impeached for lying under oath. Okay, That was the essence of the impeachment. He was acquitted in the Senate. However, he chose to end it before he left office. Because he didn't want to get into the issue of whether or not he could be held criminally liable after he left. Because I think everybody agreed that this was outside the realm of his of his of, of his presidential conduct. I think Bill Clinton agreed with that, too. So the last day as president, his last day as president of the United States of America, Bill Clinton agreed to a five year license suspension in the state of Arkansas. Let's understand that Bill Clinton did not turn around and say, hey, you know what? I'm I'm immune from this. I'm going to go live my life and screw you people. He was very worried that they were going to say that this conduct was outside the realm of the presidency and that they were going to go after him criminally. Now, they didn't have to because Bill Clinton decided to end the matter on his last day in office. So they disbarred him for five years. They imposed a $250,000 fine. It was a deal that Bill Clinton struck with a guy named Robert Ray. He was a special prosecutor who took over for Kenneth Starr. He didn't have to do that. He decided to do that to end it, to put it behind him. He decided to do that. That was his own choice. He could have fought and argued the question that presidents can't be charged after they leave office for something that could have been done. But now we're going to get into another gray area, which is what defines presidential conduct and what doesn't. He didn't want to have that conversation. So he ended it on his last day as president, agreeing to give up his law license, agreeing to that as, as part of making it all go, go away. 
So no, he was not. He was not held criminally liable in court. That you know, I mean, sometimes I swear it's like I, it, callers make stuff up, and it makes my head one explode. But I, I need to set the record straight on things because it's important that you, we don't let things be said in the ether that are absolutely false. Uh, 855-839-1210. All right, look, I, Ray, Greg, hang on the line. I got to take a quick break. I'm way over. I, as usual, went on too long. Shocking. And I'm not wishing, I'm not wishing the greater Chris a happy birthday today. Absolutely not. And neither are you two in there. Nobody wish the greater Chris a happy birthday. Got it? <laughs> Wait, why? Yes, sir. Do not wish him a happy birthday. What's the reason behind because not wishing Because he's begging him for a birthday wish and we're not doing it. We're not playing that game. I feel like we should. It's the anti-birthday wish. We, uh, we wish you a <laughs> Merry Christmas instead or something. I don't know. Big four o'clock hour straight ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. The House, of the House of Representatives is going to vote on the impeachment, speaking of impeachment, of Alejandro Mayorkas, the incompetent Homeland Security Secretary. That's going to happen any moment now. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So the question, of course, of our presidents immune from their actions while in office is uh, a continuing conversation and something we're going to be debating for a long time and ultimately something the Supreme Court's going to have to settle. And this is the reason why. All right. Because there's Supreme Court precedent on civil litigation, not criminal. And that's what that moron caller was referring to. He's getting his facts all mixed up. But the problem is that Bill Clinton, there's been so much legal action against Clinton regarding his his uh, his lies. But it all stems actually from Paula Jones, not Monica Lewinsky, although it also branched off to Monica Lewinsky, obviously, because the special prosecutor was then. His his duty, Kenneth Starr, with, started with Whitewater and then expanded into the Lewinsky matter. But it was the matter in which Bill Clinton was made to answer for a civil suit in Arkansas that Paula Jones filed. And then he gave a deposition and he had a judge come to DC and this federal judge gave this judge gave a deposition. He lied to the judge lying to the judge in that deposition, which is what was also used against him in, in the impeachment matter. And that judge held him in contempt, which is her right to do because if you lie in an, in a, it was, first of all, it was a civil proceeding, number one. Number two, if you are under oath, and he agreed to do this, so he agreed to go under oath, and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and then you lie, a judge can hold you in contempt. And the judge held him in contempt and then recommended to Arkansas that they take away his law license, which they were going to do. Separate and apart from that matter is that the special counsel, after the impeachment, wanted to go back and get Bill Clinton on on the same thing, that he perjured himself, that he lied in the deposition. And then the question would have, then we would have had the question that we're having now. Can you go after a president after he leaves office? And I think the argument would have been, well, if you lie about having sex with somebody prior to you becoming president in a civil matter, 
that's that's not that's has nothing to do with your job as president. So, yeah, you can be criminally liable for that. But first, understand something. The Supreme Court of the United States opened the door to the question of whether presidents it was unanimous opinion, whether presidents can be held civilly liable for stuff they did before they became president while they are president. And the Supreme Court said, yes, you can. You can. But the issue of him being held in contempt was because of the deposition in the sexual harassment lawsuit against Clinton by Paula Jones. So it it was not criminal in any way, shape or form. I think that they would have pursued criminal charges. And I think I think the argument at that point would have been. How can a president claim immunity after he leaves office when this clearly had nothing to do with his actions as president? This this arose from a private civil matter and him lying under oath. It was not anything to do with his presidential duties. This was a civil matter that he dealt with and lied to the judge during the course of the deposition. But again, that would have been settled in court. Clinton just decided, I want to end this and ended the, the point right there. But, we're, but what we're talking about now is whether presidents in their official capacity acting as president can be held criminally liable. That has not been tested before. That question has not been tested before. If Bill Clinton had just told the truth in that deposition with Paula Jones, his life would have been a lot easier. But he didn't. He lied. And that that lying in that deposition is what caused him to become the reason why they impeached him. And then ultimately why he would have faced criminal charges had he not struck a deal with the special prosecutor and made it go away because his wife wanted to run for president and senator. So let's just get facts straight because facts are important and they're stubborn. Very, very stubborn things. Uh, let's go to Ray in the Northeast. Ray, how are you, sir? Okay. I just like to say it's what are the American people waiting for? You know, the, these people in charge of Democrats and the Republicans, most of them are socialist and communist. We don't need that in our government. And as far as the president getting impeached, they're looking for them, looking for things to impeach him on. If he'd have been in the military and gave the enemy everything that he gave him, he'd have been in jail. You destroy anything the military-wise that the enemy can use. That's that. I can go on for hours on what this clowns have done. And they're looking for reasons to impeach him? Wait a second. I'm confused. No, they're impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, the, the Homeland Security oh, well, Secretary. Well, him, too. Well, he just go along with the party, you know, the president, uh, it, him. He was with the uh, the border. Well, the president has, by law, rights to enforce that law. People crossing the border illegally. He's done nothing. No, I agree. Look, I, I agree with you, and I think I think he can be held for that. No question about it. Ray, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And that's the other question, too. What about manslaughter charges? I mean, if the president fails to do his duty and somebody gets hurt, can you hold the president liable for manslaughter? I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing this out there because it all seems to be the kind of the craziness of, of the day. Heavy is in Huntington Valley. Hello, Heavy. Yeah, Rich. What's good? You tell me, sir. Go ahead. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. The the establishment, the uniparty is just, they are just in all out assault mode right now on the future president of the United States, Donald Trump. And it's because they obviously see the tide turning. It's been turning for a while now that the president in office currently is just 
clearly not getting the job done. He's mm-hmm. obviously going to go down as the, as the worst president of all time. And they are afraid, just absolutely deathly afraid, of losing their control again. Because you see what's going on right now at the border and with all these cases against Donald Trump, the media will tell you that, you know, he lost a sexual assault case against against the psycho E.G. E.J. Carroll. I mean, it's just it, it, it's just nothing but lies. They will continue to besmirch Donald Trump till the day he gets elected and till the day he leaves office again. They are just in absolute all out panic mode and. All these cases, just it just goes to show you that they are just in absolute Hail Mary mode right now. Well, they and are, they and don't I'll tell have... you, and they're about to get even more of that. Heavy, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. They're about to get in, into even more Hail Mary mode because Biden speaking today on the border was a freaking mess. But let me just, I want to just play the answer to this one question Biden gave today. He was asked about the hostage deal, all right? 855-839-1210. So to Heavy's point, they're about to come after Trump even more because Biden is just a mess. He was asked about the the hostage negotiations with Hamas. See if you can understand anything that he says here in this. Uh, uh, try to. This is what we need. The Rosetta Stone. What did I say? The what's the one that advertises on the station? Is it not Rosetta Stone? It's the other one. It's um, you know, uh, you learning language in a day or what is it? <laughs> no idea. Uh, uh... Hold on. You hear I'm the go- commercials all the time. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going through the commercial <laughs> log right now. I pay attention to the commercials. Um, ah, it'll come to me. It's not Rosetta Stone. It's the other one. I, I know what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, I, I right? I know what you're talking about. You can learn a language. They have that mm-hmm. little jingle thing. By the way, I'm not wishing the greater Chris a happy birthday. And that's the top story of the day today brought to you by Dr. <laughs> Mike Venaria. Dr. Mike Venaria is the best dentist. He's my dentist. He's my friend. And he will give you a great smile. VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. If you want to weigh in to what we are discussing today, um, feel free. But I'm telling you, go see Dr. Mike for a great smile. 855-839-1210 is our number. Do you, what is it? Come on, tell me. It's learning. I, I don't know. Duolingo? Ah! Ah! Uh, uh, I, I don't see it in the stack today. I don't I don't know if we played it. All right. Well, it'll, it'll come to me. Nevertheless, we need that for the understanding this guy. Take a listen. You're going to ask me questions. Hang on a second. I'm going to be back on Thursday. I don't want to prejudice what may be going on in negotiations now. So I'm not going to be answering any Babble. questions. Babble, hang on. I'll Thank you, Michael Pelka Stumpbrain, who'll be doing my final hour tomorrow since I got the Terry Hayes event. Babble. Thank you, Opelka. Mm-hmm. Somebody pays attention to the commercials on this radio station. <laughs> Babble. All right, go ahead. So I'm not going to be answering any questions of this. I'll be back Thursday to stand here with you and answer all the questions you want about this issue. Thank you. This indirectly has a lot to do with the hostage deal and what's going on in the Middle East. The decision on what we do relative to Israel, the decision what we do in terms of American funding of whether we're going to engage with the situation in Ukraine. It all goes to the question of American power. It all goes to, was America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been 
a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, uh, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. President, if this bill fails, would you stop it right there? That answer. Oof. uh, That's why I need Babel to interpret that. And yes, Twitter's blowing up. And thanks to Colonel Dave for I don't want to say his last name since he works for the government now. But Colonel Dave for sending me that as well. Babel. Yes. But you need a Babel translation for that. See, the problem is there's a delay of seven seconds by law. And if those two in the studio can't help me out, I got to flounder until Twitter (laughs) catches up. Or somebody catches up to the delay and can answer for me. It's more than seven seconds. They don't trust you at all. What is it now? 40 it's seconds? 30 seconds. I thought it was 40. Uh, no way. I it's got a 30 second delay? Yeah. That's how much they don't trust me now? We have three tiers of dumps just in case. You have three tiers of dumps? Yeah, we can wipe out 10 seconds at a time. But wow. if you if you curse a fourth time, then we're out of luck. It I needs, don't know. Yeah, what we it do needs then. a cool down period. Really? Oh, yeah, I don't know why, but. So now, so now what happens is now the, the time goes by. And then I've already moved on, but now people are hearing it for the first time. It's like it's seen in Spaceballs. When? Now. And now they're hearing it, even though it just happened. When? Just now. Right now? <laughs> and then they're texting me or tweeting me, babble, but I've already moved on because it's, it's, it's your present, but it's my past. Because of the delay. See how that works? Yes, thank you, Dark Helmet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. When? Now. Right now? No. When? Just now. Just now. It just happened now. But you're hearing it now for the first time. Live. Right now. But nevertheless, that answer was rough. Was it not? That's Oof. not good. Um, sir, from uh, the, oppos- the, um, the opposition, um, 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 Hamas? Yes, Hamas. Somebody actually threw the word Hamas out there. You realize that, right? It was the reporter that asked him the question, and I think. And then said Hamas? Here, back it up a little bit for me, if you could. Let's go back into the past, which is still not your present if you're listening because there's a delay. And I think if you're listening on the app, is even more of a delay, right? I think if you're listening on the app, you may not have as much of a delay because technically, if we curse on the app, it's not the end of the world. Because, it, well, the FCC doesn't, co- they don't govern yeah, the stream. Exactly. They have no authority over there. No. So we don't get in trouble for that. No, I mean, like, Greg will yell at us. Right. We're not going to. I mean, I, I get yelled at daily. So like, what's one more thing to get yelled at? But, we, but if I drop fine. an F bomb on the air and you don't dump it, the station will get in trouble. Yeah. I, I'll get in trouble, but I could care less. And then, but, it, but it'll go through the stream uh, over the, the internet, but then they have no jurisdiction over that, thank God, so that they can't do anything to me. Exactly. For that. Yeah. Curse on the stream, in poor taste, we'll probably get yelled at. Curse over the air, then we get we get fined. Now, Newman Price says the app is a full 10 minutes behind. Well, that's possible. <laughs> and sometimes it's like a time warp. You go, wait a second, didn't I just hear that segment? But listen for free on the Odyssey app. <laughs> I was just about to say, don't forget to plug it. There you go. I plugged it. Listen for free on the old Odyssey app. We love the Odyssey app. Yeah, you could be 30 seconds behind, 10 seconds behind, 10 minutes behind. And then when you restart it, if you miss anything, just rewind it to where you are now. When? Now. So go ahead, back it up a little bit to Biden with forgetting the name of Hamas, the opposition, he calls them. Go ahead. 
there is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but, um, it, uh, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. From Hamas? Yeah, yeah, Hamas. So to the point of heavy, uh, the caller before who said it's a, it's going to get worse. I mean, imagine Biden debating in the fall. This is why yesterday when Biden said, oh, yeah, I'll, of course Trump wants to debate me. He's got nothing to do. When the debates come, if they do happen in the fall, imagine him on stage as bad as he is now, how much worse it gets. Because everything he said today prior to the questions, and this is why they only let him take two, and then they pulled him away. They yanked him away. He said he wasn't going to take any. Then every White House staffer, their heart stops in their chest with the with the agita of knowing he's about to answer questions. And they then then all of a sudden they all oh that's it that's it thank you thank you and they pull him out of there before he says something even more stupid or loses his mind and forgets what he's saying or talks about meeting dead French people again. I'm surprised he hasn't talked about the time he was having coffee with Napoleon this week. This is just what Biden does, and this is the problem for them. So, yeah, it's going to get a whole lot worse. So I actually think Biden is orchestrating this border crisis on purpose. We know that. He doesn't really want a solution. He's not looking for that. And the only thing that he's disappointed in is that the Ukraine funding is being tied up. But they'll get around that, too, by making sure that that funding is tied in with Israeli funding. I tweeted out yesterday, I said... The only thing about this bill that has to do with the border is getting 60 billion of our tax dollars across the Ukraine border. That's it. That's the only thing this bill does when it comes to the border. And it's over. The bill's dead on arrival anyway. It's I, Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt DeSantis, you're not even going to have a vote on it today, right? They're not even going to have a closure vote? Well, the original vote was scheduled for Wednesday, but now there's so much support gathering against it that it may not occur at all. Um, I know political as of last night, and the number has probably gone up, there were 24 senators, I think, confirmed that were going to vote against it. And then there were a handful that were kind of wishy-washy and seemed to be going towards no. Um, so I, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't hold a vote on it at all. And then I think the New York Times even reported that behind closed doors, McConnell recognized this was a disaster in the making and suggested that Republicans vote no unless um, – Unless Schumer allows for a uh, uh, an amendment debate, which Schumer doesn't want because he thinks it'll devolve into basically a filibuster. Speaking of people that can't speak, do you have McConnell? Did you ever, were you able to grab that clip? Uh, I had it, but I set it aside and didn't pull it. Hang on. I'll, I'll have it for the next. All day. right. No problem. No problem. Uh, Kerry says the app. I'm on the app. The delay is a little over three minutes. Wow. Thank you, Kerry. So three minutes from now, you'll hear me. <laughs> Thanking you for tweeting me. <laughs> we don't even need a delay on the app. It, it should just be live. Mike says, 30-second delay. How the hell can you possibly give us breaking news when you're speaking from the past? That's a great question. That is a philosophical question, sir, and I don't have the answer to that. That is definitely above my pay grade, as they say. That check-in on, on social media brought to you by Cherry Hill Vava, where relationships matter. Right on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Go see them today. No, I just... It's important to understand... 
because I know that they called her Ray before bringing up Clinton and losing his law license and, and all this stuff. It just, I hope I put it in proper context, but it all stemmed from a civil lawsuit. Everybody thinks that they went after him for Lewinsky, but what happened is when he testified under oath in the Paula Jones civil matter, he lied under oath, but you can't do that. It'd be like if, a, like let's say the president, it, as, a, as a private citizen, owned a house which they do right outside the white house and say that say say that house was was uh i don't know broken into or something like that and and there was a lawsuit over it and the president had to give a deposition you know say he say it was he got hurt or something like that in his own private residence or somebody somebody got hurt at the residence let's put it that way say it was a president's private home one of the staff members there was gets hurt on the job and the president in his capacity gets sued not as president but as the owner of that home in a civil matter. Well, as per law, if you then have a uh, have a, a trial or a deposition or something like that and you testify and you lie, you've broken the law. That's exactly what Bill Clinton did in the Paula Jones thing. When the Supreme Court said, yes, he can answer the Paula Jones civil lawsuit, he gave a deposition about Paula Jones. He lied, and that's the reason why he was found in contempt by a judge and that's ultimately the reason why he lost his law license. He agreed to give it up rather than fight whatever charges may have come arising out of lying under oath in a private civil matter. See, and this is the this is the key point about this, because that whole matter regarding Paula Jones had nothing to do with the presidency. It literally happened prior to him becoming president. So the. I don't even know if there would have been an argument as to whether or not if you had charged Bill Clinton with a crime after he left office for lying in that deposition, the Paula Jones lawsuit. For giving false testimony in that lawsuit. Around a civil matter that had nothing to do with his presidency because it occurred prior to him being president, I think you'd have a tough time arguing that you were you were you're going after a president for his presidential actions. I don't think that that argument would hold up in court. It's it's a, it's a separate matter. I don't think anybody disagrees with the fact that presidents as as people can do things that are outside of their office and they can then break the law. I mean, I, I think that everybody understands that point. It's a it's a question of when you're acting in your official capacity, though. When Bill Clinton answered that testimony in, in, in Clinton v. Jones and there was a civil suit she brought in Arkansas. When he lied under oath in that matter and he broke the law, he wasn't acting in his capacity as president. He was acting as a private citizen answering a civil suit from an event that occurred prior to him taking over the White House. So I don't I don't know how anybody could argue it's the same thing other than that caller. I don't know how anybody in their right mind could argue it's even close to the examples I gave, which is that the the drone strikes ordered by Bill Clinton dereliction of duty internment camps i mean there's all kinds of different things that you're acting in your capacity we're talking about official capacity as president of the united states trump argues that on january 6th he was acting in his capacity as president to give a speech tell everybody that the election was stolen and tell them to go tell congress not to certify the election results i i don't i, I mean i don't see how that's not in his official capacity as president you can disagree with them just like you can disagree with whether or not obama should have ordered those missile strikes against american citizens you can disagree whether or not roosevelt should have put japanese people in internment camps but the question of whether they broke the law when they did it 
We've never done that before. We've never gone down this road. We've never gone down the road of saying that a presidential action rises to criminal court. We've never done that. So you cannot compare Bill Clinton lying in a deposition in a civil matter, in a, in a state civil matter for that, for that matter, to what the charges are against Trump here and, 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 and presidential immunity. I mean, you, you can't. And by the way, Nixon lost his law license too after he left the White House. And that was a professional association, the bar, taking away his, his, his license. Or perhaps it was the state doing it, taking away his ability to practice law. Okay, he didn't argue it. He didn't fight it. But that's, again, not the same thing as facing criminal charges. Like if you're an insurance agent and you're president, you do something to violate whatever the New Jersey insurance code is, and they take away your insurance license, that's not putting you on trial in federal court where you're facing prison time and potentially now, you know, being incarcerated for the rest of your life for actions that you did as president of the United States. So it's, it's, such, it's such a moronic comparison, honestly. We've never, ever in the history of this country have gone down the road of saying that presidential actions can be something that we hold presidents criminally liable for. Never. Bill Clinton does not apply here. That The case does simply not apply. Perjuring yourself in a civil deposition is not the same thing as whether or not you as president broke the law in your official actions, which is what we're talking about here. Uh, I should also mention as well, uh, and thank you, Matt, for pointing this out. Trump tweeted out on social, his truth social, without presidential immunity, the presidency will lose its power and prestige and under some leaders have no power at all. The presidency will be consumed by the other branches of government. That is not what our founders wanted. That's true. Well, I have the answer for you. And the answer is to just start killing people. Here's Jamie Raskin coming up with his... Well, first of all, why don't I, what do you want to do, McConnell or Raskin? I know now I'm late again, right? Henry's, okay. <laughs> Henry's yelling at me to break. So in a couple minutes or 10 minutes from now on the app, you're going to find out that I just got in trouble again for going too long. So I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Depending on when you're listening, I could be back in 30 seconds or 10 minutes. Who knows? But I'll be back, I promise. And I'm going to tell you what Jamie Raskin's hypothetical was and also what McConnell said about the border bill. And a lot of quotes from Biden as he wears his Ukraine tie. He's wearing his Ukraine tie. His Ukraine tie, which they gave him for being employee of the month in 2015. No joke, folks. No joke. Listen, Dr. Mike Venaria is a great guy. And he's my dentist and my friend and the master of dental implants. I would love for you to see Dr. Mike Venaria today your perfect smile. I've been telling you about Dr. Mike for years. My entire family goes to Dr. Venaria because the level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient is unmatched. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations that's made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. So if you've been on the fence about getting that dental procedure done Reach out to Dr. Mike today. You have a choice, a clear choice for you and your family. Give Dr. Venaria a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. With two locations to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. or visit VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. 
Please reach out to him today. You deserve a beautiful smile. And there is no one, and I mean no one better than Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Toby Keith, the legend. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in here. So this argument about presidential immunity, and again, it's very important to understand if you're just joining the show right now or you're just catching up. The question is, can presidents be held criminally liable for their actions as president? So you have to, first of all, determine what is a presidential action versus what is not a presidential action. And then you have to then determine if presidents can be held criminally liable for those actions. Now, again, I explained the Bill Clinton thing, so I don't have to get into a lot of details on that. But that arose from a civil matter after the Supreme Court said a civil lawsuit could go forward with Paula Jones. And then he lied under oath, which is perjury, lost his law license, was held in contempt by the judge but never faced a criminal trial for that. But that's what Bill Clinton ultimately got punished for, was lying under oath in a civil lawsuit. We've never tested the question of holding presidents liable for their actions as president. And I'm just wondering, I mean, if if we were looking back through the lens, if Roosevelt hadn't died in office and Roosevelt, say, left office, could... could uh, could they have charged him with kidnapping people? I, I, I don't think so. But, I mean, you know, Korematsu, they took people out of their homes against their will and put them in the camps. I mean, false arrest, kidnapping. I mean, it, it's just it's so ridiculous to think about that you just have to say, no, presidents, the only way to deal with it is Congress. If Congress doesn't want to deal with it, well, then Congress doesn't. And that's the end of it. 
That's the end of it. I don't know what else to tell you. Because otherwise, we're going to have a real mess on our hands. I don't particularly think that what Barack Obama did, killing American citizens with drones, was very nice. At the same time, I don't think he broke the law doing it. I don't know if it's constitutional or not, but I know this. Congress decided not to take the matter up. So therefore, they decided that it was within his power as president to make the determination and sign the death warrants of American citizens on foreign soil. All right. I, I can't then go back and question it. I, I'm, that, that's just how it had to be. And now we're talking about the actions of Donald Trump on January 6th when there weren't any actions. He just gave a speech. And so now we're going to hold the president criminally liable for words that he said on a day because of other actions people took and for arguing that he did not believe the election was fair. But that's an opinion. Again, if I argue you're a terrorist and they give me all this evidence and information, well, I make the determination you're a terrorist and I order a drone strike and I kill you. Now, maybe you weren't. Maybe we got the information wrong. It's happened. You know, the whole WMD fiasco. So did I murder you or was I still acting as president with the best information at hand? Either way, it's an opinion. You, you can argue this till you're blue in the face. Trump believed the election was stolen. He believed there was the, the, it was cheating and the election was stolen. That's his opinion. We can argue that to our blue in the face. We're going to hold him criminally liable for believing that and then taking an action, giving a speech, telling people to walk to the Capitol, which is not against the law to do peacefully, but he doesn't have to say that. There's no First Amendment requirement that you put the disclaimer in there. And then people, some people break the law that day and commit violence. They're being held criminally liable. They've been charged. They're going to prison. Separate apps, of course. But other people, so what, so what did Trump do actually as president that would, that would be criminally uh, a problem? Nothing. So what did he do as a private citizen? Nothing. He wasn't acting in his private capacity that day. He was acting as the president of the United States, arguing that the election was being stolen and telling them to tell Congress to go out there and return the election results back to the states. How is that any different, by the way, than what Biden said today regarding the border bill? Biden said today with the border bill, I want everyone to know and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to tell everybody till November that the Republicans did this. The Republicans did this. So Biden gives a speech today calling on people to call Congress and tell them to pass the border bill. How is that any different than a president calling on the American people to call up Congress and say, don't certify the election results? I mean, at the time, the Congress had the ability under the Electoral Count Act of 1876 or whatever it was to turn around and reject the results and send them back to the states. If the president lobbies for that, how is that any different than the president lobbying for a border bill or Ukraine funding or anything else? You're lobbying for people to call the Congress call their senators, call their elected representatives, and have them take an action. When did that become criminal is my question. Because that's ultimately what Trump did, right? When he stood up there in that speech and he said, we're going to march down the Capitol peacefully. We're going to fight like hell. You don't have a country. Which you're allowed to say, again, political hyperbole is also not a crime. And I want you to tell them, reject these election results, which was their right to do under the Electoral Count Act of 1876, how is that any different than a president standing up there and saying, go down there and tell them we need that Ukraine funding. Go down there and tell them we need this border bill passed. I want you to, to, to call your members of Congress, march with me, whatever else. It's not any different. It's what presidents do all the time. They lobby the American people to lobby the Congress so they can get the bill they want passed. Happens all the time. What, what's criminal about that? Nothing.
But the bigger question, though, even beyond that, because I don't think what Trump did rises to anything that's criminal on January 6th. But what's bigger, though, is the idea that now we're saying presidents can be charged for their actions after they leave office when they're acting in their official capacity as president. Not if they lie under oath in a civil deposition. I'm not talking about that. I I think I think everybody with a brain understands that that is outside the, the, the scope of the presidency. It's a personal civil matter and has nothing to do with the office. And therefore, yeah, you can be held accountable for that. I think everybody with a brain understands that. I think Clinton understood that, too, which is why he settled that with Kenneth Starr. He didn't want to be charged with perjury after he left office because, again, it all arose from a civil matter. It had nothing to do with the presidency, nothing whatsoever. But everything they're accusing Trump of doing has everything to do with the presidency. So, you know, this is really bad. Here's a little bit of Biden today from the border. Uh, as he lobbies the American people, blames Trump for the crisis. So he's accusing Trump. How is this any different than, acu- than, than accusing the, the Democrats of cheating or stealing? Biden's accusing Trump of being the problem here behind this border bill being sabotaged. How is that any different than Trump accusing the Democrats of stealing the election? It's not any different. You're saying you're using political speech protected by the First Amendment, the highest protection afforded by the First Amendment, I would argue to make a political case that you want something to happen as a result of that. How the hell is that criminal? Here's Biden cut one. For much too long, as you all know, the immigration system has been broken. And it's long past time to fix it. That's why months ago I instructed my team to begin negotiations with a bipartisan group of senators to seriously and finally fix our immigration system. For months now, that's what they've done. Working around the clock, through the holidays, over the weekends. It's been an extraordinary effort by Senators Lankford, Murphy, and Sinema. The result of all this hard work is a bipartisan agreement that represents the most fair, humane reforms in our immigration system in a long time, and the toughest set of reforms to secure the border ever. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump, because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. And it looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. How come Biden is not going to be criminally charged with lying? Because he has no proof that Trump is doing that. And he's giving an opinion that Trump is trying to kill this border deal. It's like Trump gave an opinion that Democrats are trying to steal the election. The hell's the difference? You're, you're, you're a politician saying political things. It doesn't have to be true. You're just you're not under oath in a private civil deposition. You can say whatever you want. It's protected speech. So how is it any different if Biden lobbies the American people to have them vote for this bill, have the Congress vote for this bill or Trump lobbies the American people to tell Congress not to certify the election, which was within their 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 power, their their legal right to do so, to reject the election results and send them back to the states. Perfectly legal under the Electoral Count Act. Of 1876. So it's perfectly legal for Biden to tell the American people, call your members of Congress and lobby for this bill. And it's perfectly legal legal for Biden to blame Trump 
for this bill not going forward may not be factual. That's irrelevant. It's legal. Just like it's legal for Trump to stand up there and say the Democrats stole the election or they're stealing the election. It may not be factual, but it's legal and he's got the right to say it. So when do these things become criminal matters? This is insane. We are we are going to not only just criminalize the actions of the presidency when they leave office, we are also going to start criminalizing political speech here. Because I'm telling you right now, you know, if you if you go down this road, presidents, when 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 a president stands up there and says, I'm not going to raise your taxes and then raises your taxes. I don't know. You charge him with a crime. I have no idea. I don't know. That's the point. I don't want to go down that road. I just don't. It, the republic will never survive. We won't survive this. I'm telling you. We can survive a lot of things, but not this. We can't survive the idea that presidents can be charged with murder or or insurrections for if they didn't actually cause one or if uh, presidents can be charged with kidnapping, torture. I mean, what about torture? Like, what happens now if they try to arrest George W. Bush for torturing people after 9-11? Or if um, some wacko U.S. attorney wants to charge him with war crimes for invading Iraq? I mean, it's so stupid and we will we will end up a we I'm, we we just we won't survive. The nation won't. We won't be able to survive. Uh, Biden went on to say Republicans have to decide. But first, McConnell, you have McConnell, Matt. I'm sorry. I should have put McConnell. And he basically said the bill is 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 over. But um, this is what he, this is what Mitch said. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz had a press conference around noon today, said that you shouldn't have, have even tried to negotiate with Democrats, said this bill was designed to fail, and that it's time for you to step down as GOP leader. What's your response to that? I think we can all agree that Senator Cruz is not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Senator Cruz is not a fan of Mitch McConnell. That's a fair, accurate statement there, Mitch. Accurate statement. Biden went on to say Republicans have to decide. Cut two. Doing nothing is not an option. Republicans have to decide. For years, they said they want to secure the border. Now they have the strongest border bill this country has ever seen. We're seeing statements about how many oppose the bill now. Look, I understand the former president is desperately trying to stop this bill because it's not, he's not interested in solving the border problem. He wants a political issue to run against me. I've all but said that across the board. No one really denies that that I'm aware of. The American people want a solution that puts an end to the empty political rhetoric, which has failed to do anything for so long. The question, of course, is, is this bill the answer? Well, no, the answer is not this bill. It's a problem. The bill stinks. Let me give you some details on why the bill stinks. And it's a good thing that it's over. OK, uh, the bill stinks. And Biden brought up the Wall Street Journal today and he brought up the uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The bill stinks. And this is. Really important. The Senate border deal should be rejected on the merits. This is Andy McCarthy writing this. He said the proposal would undermine the existing presumptions in the law that illegal aliens should be apprehended, detained, and rapidly removed. Period. That's it. That's all you got to know. This proposal would undermine the existing presumptions in the law that illegal aliens should be apprehended, detained, and rapidly removed. And Joe Biden is one of the people that raised his hand during a Democrat primary debate in 2019. They were asked to raise a hand if they supported decriminalizing illegal border crossings. Nearly every single one did, including Joe Biden. Joe Biden raised his hand to say he would support decriminalizing illegal border crossings. And that's essentially what this bill does. That's essentially what this bill does. 
The proposal would undermine the existing presumptions in the law that illegal aliens should be apprehended, detained, and rapidly removed. This bill is a Trojan horse designed to allow people to stay in this country for as long as they want. Bottom line, that's it. That's what this bill does. This bill is a disaster. And thank God it's dying. Thank God it's over. The, the other, the other uh, point about this, too, is that they had a, a, an op-ed about this um, at National Review, and they said the same thing. The Senate border deal should be rejected. It's, it's, a, it's a bad, bad bill. Very, very bad, bad bill. No doubt about it. 855 All right, quick break. We're going to come right back. I got a lot more to talk about, obviously, in addition to the border. We have a lot of other stuff going on. That mom was found guilty of manslaughter after her uh, son shot, uh, killed people at, at school. Just a horrific case. And the question, of course, is whether or not America's grandmother slash serial killer. She's not really a serial killer, Janet, Janet Yellen, <laughs> but she sounds like one. She didn't make that point clear. Um, thinks that the economy in China is going to be a good idea. That's right. Investments in China don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. I should send this to my ex-girlfriend in college. How do you like me now? I'm living in your radio, huh? How do you like it now? Thank you, Toby Keith. You just gave me inspiration. Can't escape me. Because I'm living in I'm living in your radio. Or on the Odyssey app. The free Odyssey app. How do you like me now? Huh? probably wouldn't listen <laughs> just saying i mean as much as i love toby keith and i love that song probably just turn it off right uh, none of this sounds healthy <laughs> <laughs> how do you like me now huh <laughs> i'm still here on the radio four hours a day five days a week most of the time many 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 weeks many 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 days some Fridays, not this one coming up. Because I got to speak to the Atlanta County Republicans Friday night at their Ronald Reagan dinner. So Michael Pelka will be in. But otherwise, most, many Fridays, several Fridays. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? We got 30 minutes of nonstop talk coming up for you. I've got a lot to say on the border. Uh, Chip Roy giving an excellent explanation of why this bill should die. And good thing that it is dead. And I think the question, of course, of presidents being held criminally liable Will the United States Supreme Court take the appeal? Will Trump appeal it? He better appeal it because this is very, very bad for our country. No question about it. And um, in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, we are dealing with a lot of uh, the blowback from immigration as we're all border states now. But what about what New York City did by ditching its robo cop? Tell you about that as well. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 530 minutes of nonstop talk with Rich Zioli. I'm shocked, shocked to find gambling in here. And I'm shocked, shocked to find out that Mexico's president might well be cartel corrupted. Shocking. 
Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. It is the Drive at 5, the 5 o'clock happy hour. Brought to you by our friends at the Grand Hotel. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This is amazing, but uh, it turns out that uh, the president of Mexico, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador, has been cozy with the notorious Sinaloa cartel for a long time. While the record of the cartel's extensive and lucrative ties to China in production of fentanyl and methamphetamine is growing clearer and clearer. There's a lot of money to be made from running, uh, ruining Americans' lives, and the trail of drug trafficking profits leads back to one particularly infamous city. Meanwhile, the Biden campaign team wants to put the president on TikTok. So this is um, Jim Garrity at National Review, and he thanks Eric Erickson for calling his attention to two long-suspected connections that are more confirmed than many people realize. The connections between the Mexican president the Sinaloa cartel, and between the Sinaloa cartel and China. The report in ProPublica last week should have shaken up the relationship between the U.S. and Mexican governments, and perhaps it has in ways we cannot see. But you would think the headline, DEA finds evidence that Mexico's president has been in the pocket of the cartels all along, would have made a bigger splash. Years before Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador was elected as Mexico's leader in 2018, U.S. drug enforcement agents uncovered what they believe was substantial evidence that major cocaine traffickers had funneled some $2 million to his first presidential campaign. According to more than a dozen interviews with U.S. and Mexican officials and government documents reviewed by ProPublica, the official, the money was provided to campaign aides in 2016 in return for a promise that a Lopez Obrador administration would facilitate the traffickers' criminal operations. The investigation did not establish whether Lopez Obrador sanctioned or even knew of the traffickers reported donations. But officials said the inquiry, which is built on the extensive cooperation of a former campaign operative and a key drug informant, did produce evidence that one of Lopez Obrador's closest aides had agreed to the proposed arrangement. The allegation that representatives of Mexico's future president negotiated with notorious criminals has continued to reverberate among U.S. law enforcement and foreign policy officials who have long been skeptical of Lopez Obrador's commitment to take on drug traffickers. The case raised difficult questions about how far the United States should go to confront the official corruption that has been essential to the emergence of Mexican drug traffickers as a global criminal force. While some officials argue that it is not the United States' job to root out endemic corruption in Mexico, Others say that efforts to fight organized crime and build the rule of law will be futile unless officials who protect the traffickers are held to account. Similar reports ran in Deutsche Welle and Insight Crime. As you would expect, the president of Mexico vehemently denied the accusation. President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador of Mexico demanded an apology from President Joe Biden after a ProPublica story disclosed that the Drug Enforcement Administration had found evidence. And one of the president's closest aides accepted donations of around $2 million from a drug cartel in 2006. In a press conference on Thursday, the president denounced the accusations as slander and threatened to curtail U.S.-Mexican cooperation on drug trafficking and immigration issues. I'm sorry, what cooperation is there from Mexico on immigration issues and what cooperation is there on drug trafficking? Nothing. The border's wide open. Remain in Mexico's gone. And Mexico's not doing a damn thing to stop people from crossing the border. Nothing. 
If you are accused of being in the pocket of a drug cartel and not really being committed to stopping cross-border drug trafficking, I don't think you bolster your reputation by threatening to curtail bilateral cooperation on stopping cross-border drug trafficking. Note that this is not the first time Lopez Obrador has made public comments indicating he's much more interested in denouncing U.S. DEA agents than in denouncing any of the cartels terrorizing his country. Last spring, U.S. prosecutors announced charges against 28 members of the Sinaloa cartel, including four sons of the notorious former drug lord El Chapo, for smuggling massive amounts of fentanyl into the United States. But Lopez Obrador did not cheer the arrest. Instead, he publicly fumed that the case had been built on information gathered by U.S. agents in Mexico and said foreign agents cannot be in Mexico. He called the U.S. investigation abusive, arrogant interference that should not be accepted under any circumstances. Mike Vigil, former head of the International Operations for the Drug Enforcement Administration, said Lopez Obrador was mistakenly assuming that U.S. agents needed to be in Mexico to collect intelligence for the case. In fact, much of the case appears to have come from trafficking suspects caught in the United States. He wants to completely destroy the working relationship that has taken decades to build. This is going to translate into more drugs reaching the United States and more violence and corruption in Mexico. Now, Dan, uh, Jim Garrity points out, in Lopez Obrador's latest tantrum, I noticed that he, like many other foreign leaders, does not understand how the U.S. First Amendment works. President Biden doesn't control what ProPublica publishes or says, and he can't control what, the, what they publish or say. The U.S. president has no reason to apologize. The report and Lopez Obrador's furious reaction and threats were enough to get President Biden on the phone with his Mexican counterpart. The White House statement would have you believe everything is hunky-dory between the two leaders. In the spirit of their strong partnership, President Joe Biden spoke to President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador of Mexico this afternoon. President Biden and President Lopez Obrador discussed challenges and shared border and committed to continuing their productive partnership. President Biden expresses appreciation for Mexico's operational support and for taking concrete steps to deter irregular migration while expanding lawful pathways. What steps is Mexico taking to help us in any way, shape or form? I watch. You see it. We all see it. Everybody's walking right in. Mexico's doing nothing to stop that. Nothing. The presidents agreed to continue close cooperation between their countries. You might be wondering, why is China included in this? Well, the Sinaloa cartel gets its precursor chemicals for all of that fentanyl and methamphetamine that it sends north of the border. There was a big Washington Post, the far right wing Washington Post did a big expose on this many years ago. Not that many years ago, but like the last year or two. And they said that China makes the, the, uh, the active ingredients. They bring them to Mexico. The cartels put them together. They come through the border of the United States, and then they rent out Airbnbs in Los Angeles and other places in Southern California. And then from there, they send them out throughout the United States of America. China is the predominant source of precursor chemicals for Mexican criminal groups, particularly the Sanolo cartel and cartel Jalisco Nuevo Generacion, which then cook fentanyl and methamphetamine from them and smuggle them into the United States and elsewhere. If you're wondering how this ties to border security, note that about 90% of U.S. government fentanyl seizures occur in legal ports of entry. Of course, that figure only measures the drugs that we do find. We can't measure the drugs that we don't find. As I always tell you, I don't know what I don't know. I can't know what I don't know. Back in October, 
The U.S. Department of Justice revealed eight indictments charging China-based companies and their employees with crimes relating to fentanyl and methamphetamine production and sales of precursor chemicals. I found the location of one of the five companies involved ironic in light of recent events. Lee Pharmaceutical Technology Company, based in Wuhan, was charged with fentanyl trafficking, conspiracy, and international money laundering, along with Chinese nationals Ming Wing Wang, a Wang, who was the alleged holder for three Bitcoin accounts shared by sales agents for Lee Pharmaceutical, and Ji Wing Lu, the alleged recipient of funds via Western Union on the company's behalf. Everything sure seems to come out of Wuhan, even those delicious pangolin Happy Meals that are now 18 bucks. 18 bucks for a McDonald's Happy Meal. Big Mac meal, excuse me. $18. And there's no relief in sight. I'll get to that in just a moment. John Cassara, a former U.S. intelligence officer. We had him on the show, Matt DeSantis. Am I right? Was that the guy we had on recently? Was it John Cassara? It may have been. I don't remember. It was like last week, Matt. I, I understand remember. my memory. I don't shot. remember this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the guy you booked him? Who was the guy you booked to? I can look it up. But I don't remember. It wasn't last week either. It was definitely several weeks ago at this point. They all blend together. By the way, we had Dan McLaughlin on yesterday, but I'd like to get him back on the show because he wrote a piece just a short time ago. He published it at two twenty p.m. today, and the piece is entitled "There's." No defending Woodrow Wilson. And you know, I hate Woodrow Wilson. (laughs) With a passion. I'll get him for next week. That would be great. Thank you. Woodrow Wilson is timeless, of course. There's still a rest stop named after him. How the guy has not been canceled yet, I have no idea. But you can still go to the Woodrow Wilson rest stop on the Jersey Turnpike. John Cassara, a former U.S. intelligence officer and U.S. Treasury special agent who spent his career investigating and studying transnational crime and money laundering said this before Congress in March. He said, similar to North Korea, today's communist China is a corrupt party state regime with a significant crime portfolio. Criminal activity activity has seemingly become part of the CCP's overall strategy to grow its power. The government of China does not, as a matter of government policy, encourage illicit drug production or or distribution, distribution, excuse me, nor is it officially involved in laundering the proceeds of the sale of illicit drugs. However, Some senior government officials have been severely punished for taking bribes and laundering illicit profits related to drug trafficking. What differentiates China from the U.S. and other Western countries that are large consumers of illegal drugs is Chinese actors' direct and indirect involvement in facilitating international narcotics trafficking and laundering the proceeds. And in some instances, the CCP is They tacitly support aspects of the international drug trafficking by looking the other way, as it does with the fentanyl trade. Chris Clem. Thank you, Matt. One of the prime networks identified through the uh, research was Yang Chen Group, a Chinese chemical company based in Wuhan, China. The Yang Chen Group is comprised of at least 34 companies in China and Hong Kong. Studying identifiers from these companies reveals that the companies have posted advertisements for fentanyl and have registered at least 112 websites, including some devoted to the advertisement and sale of steroids. Further records indicate that the Young Chen Group has shipped to 43 countries across North America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, and Australia. According to the U.S. government, fentanyl is the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 49. 
Why does the U.S. have such a serious fentanyl and methamphetamine problem? Many reasons, but a big one is the power of the cartels, particularly the Sinaloa cartel, and their ability to get the drugs across the U.S.-Mexican border. And also the strong evidence that the Mexican government, under this president, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador, is at best half committed to fighting the drug trade and the cartels. And who's making money from this arrangement? Lots and lots of chemical suppliers and traffickers in China, almost certainly including a slew of corrupt state officials. There's a lot of money to be made. This, by the way, exposes the nonsense. Uh, sorry, go on here a second here. The, and I think it moves on to other things. All right, so that's that. And I, I tell you, it has a lot to do then, obviously, with why this border bill deserves a good death. Here's Congressman Chip Roy. He was on with Be- Brett Baer on Fox News. And I think he nails it here. Cut number seven. For people who say, why not just put it on the floor for a vote? If it fails, it fails. What do you say? Well, first of all, great to be on. And uh, my answer to that question is pretty simple. Uh, Why doesn't the Senate just put H.R. 2 on the floor for a vote? Uh, This is the kind of deal that gets cooked up behind closed doors. This is not my first rodeo Uh, as a staffer, chief of staff, Senator Ted Cruz. I was here during the Gang of Eight. I've been here through numbers of these fights. And the fact is the Senate has cooked this up behind closed doors and they know full well it's dead on arrival here because it just perpetuates the mass migration crisis that the Biden administration has created. And look, I don't say that lightly. Now, it does have something. Now, let me just interrupt. It does have some of H.R. 2 pieces in there. Obviously, it has other things in there. You heard Senator Sinema for a lot of that interview defending some of those portions. Um, I I just want to get to your biggest criticism of the bill as it's written. What is that? Yeah, well, first of all, it doesn't have anything meaningful out of H.R. 2 because we we put that together thoughtfully to actually stop the abuse by the executive branch to just let people come into the United States. They're using asylum and parole as you know loopholes, effectively, plus judge-created loopholes to dump people in the United States. And with all due respect to Senator Sinema, these uh, provisions that they put in there, uh, they're not going to do the job. And in fact, they're going to have $4 billion to hire a bunch of uh, so-called asylum uh, officers who are going to rubber stamp a whole bunch of claims up to 5,000, which if you multiply that would be up to 1.8 million. Now, I know they say, oh, these are encounters. I heard Senator Sinema say, well, they're overstating that. That's just encounters. But Mayorkas has been releasing 85% of everybody that they brought in. And the small changes they've made to asylum is not going to change that. Meanwhile, they fund $1.4 billion for the the, uh, NGOs that are working in a direct relationship with the United Nations to funnel people up through Mexico. So they're not going to do anything. And by the way, they provide attorneys for unaccompanied children. Unaccompanied children don't count in the total 5,000 numbers, which means it's a magnet for cartels to keep abusing children. This is the least effective bill you could possibly put together. They know it's dead when it gets here. Democrats want this as cover for not actually doing their job. They want to be able to point to us and say, oh, they killed our great bill. But it's not a bill that the American people want because it won't work. It accepts the premise of mass migration. It does. No question about it. It really does. Uh, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. The other thing, too, that I think you need to understand here is that um, Biden blaming MAGA Republicans, he doesn't want there to be a bill. He wants the Ukraine funding, though. He wants the $60 billion for Ukraine. Here's Biden blaming Republicans, blaming MAGA, blaming Donald Trump. He knows the bill is dead. He knows the bill is terrible, but he wants it to die. Don't believe anything. He wants it to die. He wants the crisis. He doesn't want to fix it. He does want the Ukraine money, though, but he doesn't want to fix the border problem. 
And they keep talking about the immigration system, which is separate from the border. I've told you that. When you talk about the immigration system, you are talking about legal points of entry. We have a lot of them. When I'm talking about the border, I'm talking about a national security imperative separate from the immigration system. It is not a legal way to enter the United States of America. Therefore, it is not part of the immigration system. But here's Biden. Cut three. So Republicans have to decide who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Are they here to solve problems or just weaponize those problems for political purposes? I know my answer. I serve the American people. Biden also went on to say what he's wearing today, in case anybody was wondering about his fashion choices. Cut number four. This bill would also address two other important priorities. First, it provides urgent funding for Ukraine. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes without new aid Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Just what Putin wants. Just what Putin wants. By the way, Tucker Carlson is interviewing Vladimir Putin. And as you can imagine, corporate media and many in the establishment are melting down over that. We'll talk about that as well. And yes, Biden was asked today about doing a standalone bill. And he said, I'm not ready to concede on that point. We, do we have that clip, Matt? This is what Biden said when he was asked that question. Because again, if it's such an imperative to save Ukraine, why not have a separate vote apart from the border on that? I know the answer and I've told you the answers because a lot of Republicans want to support money for Ukraine, but they want cover for doing so. And the border bill was going to be a fugazi. I've been telling you this for months. It was never going to deal with the border. It was always going to be about getting money to Ukraine, but to give some of these weasel Republicans cover by saying, well, I didn't want to vote for Ukraine funding, but I had to because of the border. And the whole thing was a scam from day one. I told you this. But anyway, here's Biden. Negotiation right now. Mr. President, if this bill fails, would you consider supporting something separate that just addresses Israel or Ukraine? I'm not going to concede that now. I, we need it all. The rest of the world looking at us, and they really are. What is Biden got that tie, Ukraine tie, for being the employee of the month in 2015 for Ukraine, by the way. Let me ask you guys this question. Matt DeSantis, executive producer. Henry Machette, associate producer. McDonald's is now charging $18 for a big meal. Big Mac. I'm sorry, Big Mac. A Big Mac meal. A Big Mac meal. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot of money. 18 bucks. Now, the point of this article that you put in Evernote, Matt, is that a Big Mac fries and drink has risen to nearly 18 bucks at a handful of locations. Hash browns are up $6. Last week, we talked about the Egg McMuffin being, what, 7 bucks or so? Yeah. And McDonald's is basically in an earnings call conceding the fact that people who don't make a lot of money can't afford it anymore. I guess there was a a brief period during um, the pandemic where the fast food was actually less expensive than buying groceries. And that moment has passed because now, yeah, McDonald's food has gone up and I guess groceries are expensive and and now (laughs) it's a no win regardless of where you go. 
Well, not only that, but then in California, they have now a $20 an hour minimum wage for fast food workers, which goes into effect in April. New Jersey, it's $15 and it's going to go up again. So, I mean, a lot of these 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 restaurants, they they've had to now absorb those higher salary costs. And then, of course, like everything else, they pass them along to the consumers. And the fast food chains across the board have blamed rising commodity costs, despite the fact that they say prices for eggs, dairy, vegetables, and grains have been coming down since August. Um, on that point, though, of the economy, why don't we turn to America's grandma? So, Henry, would you eat a Big Mac meal for 18 bucks? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no, right? No. I don't bu- think it's worth it. No, I don't want 20 bucks to just have indigestion for two hours. No, thanks. Yeah, no. I mean... A Big Mac for seven twenty nine. I'm sorry, an egg McMuffin for seven twenty nine. The hash browns for six dollars uh, as a side. A six dollar hash brown is that's insane. insane. I mean, if it comes with drugs in it, I'll take it. But <laughs> otherwise, no. And they just like carted out this new and improved menu as well. That it's supposed to be better burgers. Uh, have you had one? I have yet? not. I have not. I can't tell you the last time I've had McDonald's. Honestly, uh, I, I had that strange double Big Mac, which was pretty good. And I tried one of their regular cheeseburgers, and it it they do taste a little bit better than they used what, to. What the double Big Mac run you thirty bucks? Like, <laughs> I, honestly, I don't remember, but it was not inexpensive. I I, I just I think if you're gonna pay that kind of money you might as well go and just go to a restaurant and buy a burger oh yeah, yeah. for sure i mean the whole point about mcdonald's was always that it was cheap and it was fast and everything like that but if you're paying 18 bucks for that that's what a lot of really good pubs charge for a great burger like a great pub burger that you get at a bar yeah probably around the same price and then you get a beer too <laughs> So then why would you, unless you are, the only time we ever go to McDonald's, honestly, is if we are on a road trip with the kids and it's just easier, even though my son really doesn't like it. He doesn't like how it makes him feel. He tells me he complains about that all the time. I'm with you there, Patrick. I right? I really am. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, they're all in on Chick-fil-A, but he, he, my son, dad, please, let me not go to McDonald's. I don't, I don't like how I feel after. I don't, please don't. A lot of people feel that way, but we, you, you only go there because you know it's going to be consistent and an I always thought it was kind of affordable, but not with these prices. Holy cow. And I don't think if you want a really great burger, you're not going to get it at McDonald's. <laughs> to your point, you're going to, no, but you said it. You're going to, it's good. It's good. Yeah. They taste better than they used to. The, it, it tasted fresher. The bread was better, um, but it isn't what you're going to get at a restaurant. No, or if a, you go to a, a good Irish bar and go to yeah. an Irish pub or something like that, the burger there is going to be a thousand times better than what you're going to get at McDonald's. Yeah. I, I mean, McDonald's, you're going for something quick, fast, uh, tasty. You're not looking for the world's best burger when you drive through the, uh, the Mc, uh, McDonald's no. uh, restaurant. I don't even know if you call it a restaurant. Do you call it a restaurant? Fast food chain, whatever you want to I guess, to right, it, technically? Yeah. Well, on that point of the economy and on the point of China, uh, Janet Yellen defended investment in China. We're going to get to that as well as the show goes on. This is the big story of the day today, though. It's brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Do it today. Get the smile you deserve, VenariaDental.com. And I don't. Th- and also, too, just among fast food chains, I don't think McDonald's is even close to being the best one out there. Not even close. No, it's just the one that's out there the most. It's, it's right. Co- it's the most convenient, I'd say. I love McDonald's, so you guys are... Um, I, I'm oh, you eat, you order Coca-Cola in Italy, so nobody <laughs> nobody questions your taste, Matt. Nobody. 
<laughs> Henry, what's a better fast food burger chain if I want one? Hmm. I'm going Smash Burger. Ah. Uh, no? Nah? No, I don't like the way those taste. They have a weird funky taste to them. I like Freddy's a lot. Yeah, Freddy's is a good one. Where's Freddy's? Uh, they're mostly in the Midwest, I think. Oh, well, that doesn't <laughs> help me. They help us. There's one not too far from me. I haven't <laughs> had it in a while, but I like their sauce. Oh, Freddy's is excellent. Their fries are terrible, but their burgers are excellent. I mean, you could see, even go Wendy's over McDonald's. That's why I, I same thing with, um, what is it, um, Five Guys? Yeah, Five, five guys, guys. very good, but that's expensive. Burgers are great. Fries, not great, in my opinion. I agree with uh, you. So, I, they, I, could be, they could be salted a little more. I'll give you that. And they're not, I like them thin and crispy, and they're kind of, they're mushy. They, they they're lo- mushy. They load you up with them, though. Yeah, but you know what, Henry? It's got to be about quality, not quantity, buddy. <laughs> quality. I, I think if you're eating fast food, I think you're, you're not really going for quality. There. What about Shake Shack? Shake Shack's great. Love Shake Shack. And, and you know, and I stand with Shake Shack because they did not cancel the potato bun. They got great buns. You can't get rid of them. You, You'd mess they, up the burger. They, they use a uh, potato bun from that company in Pennsylvania. Uh, Martin's. Martin's, thank you. And, you know, Federal Donuts canceled Martin's because they gave money to the guy who was running for governor of Pennsylvania a couple of years ago, the Republican, Doug Mastriano. And Shake Shack did not cancel the, the Martin's potato bun. And that's why their burgers rule for that reason. So, yeah, I'm all in on Shake Shack. Thank you for reminding me. Great burgers, great fries, great hot dogs as well. This is and shakes too. Yeah. This is what happens when we do a show right around dinner time. We all get hungry. <laughs> I'm starving now. I haven't eaten all day. Not a bite. Nothing. I had a couple almonds. That was it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all I've had today. Five thirty. I know. I know. I forget to eat and then I wind up losing track of time and then the next thing you know, I'm starving. So I blame the moon. <laughs> what? I do. I blame the moon. I'm not following. Scientists are starting to worry about the moon shrinking. There's shrinkage. <laughs> That's right. Was it in the pool? I don't know if the moon was in the pool, but it's a great question. Because there definitely is shrinkage, and it has to do with the lunar south pole and the seismic activity. And I'm telling you, the moon makes people nuts. That's why we call people lunatics. It comes from that, the lunar cycle. Uh, the moon has a huge effect on, obviously, Lots of different people's moods. And so if you're wondering why everybody's freaking crazy lately, perhaps it is the fact that the moon is shrinking. <laughs> Are we sure it's not Gru from Despicable Me using a shrink ray, trying to shrink the moon and steal it? It's well. Just the, doing it little by little? I don't think it's that, Henry. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was a true story, Despicable Me. <laughs> For hundreds of millions of years, our moon has been shriveling like a raisin. Now scientists say that decrease in circumference is leading to shallow moonquakes. But I think it go I think you got to question whether or not it's making people nuts because everybody particularly on the road lately nasty, right? Angry still. Some guy cut me off today and then changed lanes to give me the finger and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I, like I didn't do anything. I I, I, I I've never seen anything like it before. He's in the I'm in the middle lane. He's in the he's in the lane next to me on the right. Cuts me off. I slam my brakes. I don't do anything. I don't beep. I don't do anything. Then he gets back in the other lane and then goes by. And then as I go by him, he gives me the finger. I'm like, what <laughs> the hell did I do? I didn't do anything to you. You cut me off. That's amazing. <laughs> but I think it's the moon is making people nuts. I like that me. theory. Right? What else are you going to chalk it up to? It's got to be that craziness. <laughs> Uh, I think that story is interesting, though. It is very interesting. The, and the 
Quakes could mean we can't go back. We can't fake any more moon landings, basically, is what they're saying. <laughs> they didn't fake any moon landings. So. Yeah, the, the moon's core is uh, is no longer quite as hot as it used to be. It's causing the whole whole thing to contract. But future moon bases, they say, should be installed far from seismic sources to avoid damage or built to withstand seismic shaking. Seismic shaking, by the way, was my Twisted Sister cover band in college. We are seismic shaking. Uh, very interesting how the moon is shrinking. I, 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 I do think Henry's right, though. It was in the pool. So there you go. It, moon contro- it controls the tides. I don't see why it wouldn't be, you know? Thank you. Exactly. Did you see how much it shrunk, though? It's nothing. No, it's like... It was 150 that's... feet over the course of uh, a few hundred million years. Yeah, it's it's like climate change. It's like one of those things to panic. Like, the moon's shrinking, is it? By the way, I'm of the opinion we should blow up the moon. What? <laughs> Why not? See what happens. It's an experiment. Blow it up. See what happens. It's like a volcano with baking soda. Just, yeah. just try it out. What could possibly go wrong, right? Tired of having the ties messed up all the time. Damn moon. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So Tucker Carlson is in Russia interviewing President Vladimir Putin. I'll tell you about that. Uh, Why is Al Sharpton calling the border a crisis? And if you're wondering about our children, well, it turns out that, yes, books have been banned, but it was our government who was putting the pressure on Amazon, for example, to censor books, but not for the reasons you think. I'll give you all those details as well. I want to thank our friends at Cherry Hill Volvo for being outstanding sponsors of the show. And there is a sensational sale happening at Cherry Hill Volvo this month. How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000? It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. These are current; these are courtesy S60s with less than 5,000 miles on them. They are selling right now for less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so don't wait. Don't wait on this one. Right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, have ample inventory, and they are ready to meet you today. Now is the time to get the luxury vehicle you deserve, and you deserve that Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. It's a great time to visit with many incredible incentives available. So hurry into Cherry Hill Volvo today to get a courtesy S60 Volvo for less than $29,000. $29,000. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. They prove that every single day. They will strive to make sure you get the absolute best incentives, aggressive promotions. That's what they're all about. They will make sure you get the absolute best incentive you possibly can. And you're going to love driving the S-Class. They're made in South Carolina at their big plant down there. It's American Jobs, baby. And Cherry Hill Volvo is the only Volvo dealership that stands with us at Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. So what are you waiting for? Go see them today. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. (laughs) 
And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. The late, great Toby Keith. He will be missed, for sure. Uh, there's so much to get to and uh, so little time, but we will do our best here. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not play this clip from Jim Jordan. This is kind of a big deal. We talk about books being censored, book bans, and you hear the left always screaming about book bans. I've told you there's not a single book that's banned in this country. Schools have to make choices about what books to put in their school library, for example. They'll put lots of books praising Woodrow Wilson, even though there's nothing to praise about that vile man, but nevertheless... Um, But according to the House Judiciary Committee, Chairman Jim Jordan, turns out the federal government, the unholy triad of the federal government, corporate media and big tech, were all working together to censor vaccine books after the White House started needling them to do so. Cut 15. This partnership created at the request of the federal government sent thousands of links directly to big tech to be censored. True information was targeted. Jokes weren't safe either. Even members of this committee were targeted. Congressman Massey, we've discussed that throughout this Congress in several different hearings. And it wasn't just conservatives. It was mostly conservatives, but it wasn't just conservatives. And yesterday we shared what we've uncovered about the White House pressuring Amazon. Internal Amazon emails are unbelievable. Says if the, is the think about this one is the administration asking us we put, put this out in a Twitter thread yesterday is the administration asking us Amazon asking us to remove books or are they more concerned about search results or both? Stop and think about it. Government pressuring Amazon to ban books, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all this big combination impact election, and now we find the same thing was ha- happening. The same dynamic was happening at Amazon. Today's hearing. Now, the government is trying to take censorship to the next level by weaponizing artificial intelligence tools to limit speech in real time and at scale. In the name of combating alleged misinformation regarding COVID-19 in the 2020 election, the National Science Foundation has been issuing multi-million dollar grants to universities and nonprofit research teams to develop artificial intelligence powered censorship and propaganda tools. These tools can be used by government and big tech to shape public opinion by restricting certain viewpoints and promoting others. Shocking, right? Shocking. Very, very shocking. Uh, But not at all shocking, of course. Not at all shocking. Remember, Biden said that big tech was killing people and the unholy triad did its thing. They censored opinions that were not popular. This is why I always tell you. As, as much as you hear the heartbreaking stories about parents whose children have lost their lives or been damaged by the ill effects of social media, don't, don't fall for the game of buying into censorship or stripping away their, their immunity. Because if you do, it will be conservative speech or any speech that just disagrees with the intelligentsia that is targeted. All they have to do is turn around and say, you know, we can save one life if we can take down COVID misinformation. You know, if you're posting about ivermectin or whatever, hydroxychloroquine or saying that young people shouldn't get the vaccine, whatever it is, if they, they don't like it, they'll argue that we got to save lives here. Our children are counting on us. So just remember that. Don't don't fall for the emotion 
I tell you that all the time. It's the same thing with the guns. You know, these moms demand action. Now they're demanding action on social media. They want the government to do something, but it's no different from the moms or the million moms or whatever the group is that is out there trying to have AR-15s banned and magazine limits and capacity. And they always use the children as, as the linchpin. You know, it's always the emotional tug. Unfortunately, conservatives fall for this when it comes to social media. For some reason, I don't know why, but we know that big tech, yeah, there's a lot of problems with it. I get it. But let's not succumb to the temptation to think that government can solve them because we should know by now, we should learn that every time there is a restriction on speech, it will always be speech that the government doesn't like or uh, which is typically conservative speech, that is the target of their censorship campaigns. Always. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press fembot today, was asked a number of questions. The first one was uh, on the border issue. Now that we know the bill is basically dead, good, doesn't the president take some responsibility on this? Cut number one. At the feet of Donald Trump, the former president, he's the current occupant of the Oval Office. Doesn't he bear some responsibility? He didn't engage with House Republicans. He negotiated with the Senate, but not the House, the other branch of the legislative branch. Um, you know, where is he taking responsibility here? The president has has taken this issue incredibly seriously from day one. You heard us say this over and over again. You heard this from the president on the first day of his administration. He said, he said. I'm going to put forward a legislation, a comprehensive immigration legislation that was introduced more than three years ago, more, more than three years ago. And they have failed to act. So let's blame Trump for the border situation. This is the game. This is the scam right now that they're doing. They want to blame Trump for this. Even Reverend Al, Reverend Al Sharpton yesterday, acknowledging that it's a border invasion, but using that to blame Republicans because, again, corporate media doing its thing. And the talking points and what they're supposed to go out there and parrot. So here's Reverend Al. Take a listen. What is being done to uh, get the public uh, to really uh, rise up in various states to say to their senators that they want to see the borders, uh, the border issue resolved? I mean, you're getting migrants beating up policemen in the streets in New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country that frankly have people outraged and couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senator states saying, why are you allowing this to continue? Because at the end of the day, senators have to deal with their voters. And at the same time, it uh, in the bill, you give uh, uh, money to Gaza, to, to, to civilians in Gaza and Israel. But the border, I mean, we're looking every day at the invasion of migrants and they're playing a time game with politics on this. Couldn't that pressure put to bear in their home states? Now, I'm going to tell you something here, and this is the this is the thing you have to understand. You notice how you ha- you have not heard any of these leftist hacks on television come out and be against this bill in any way. But do you know that there were a lot of them who were? There were a lot of Democrats who were against this bill because they felt that it did not give amnesty, didn't go far enough in letting people stay. They didn't like the idea that there could be in any way, shape or form, anybody restricted. There was actually a a Democrat member of Congress who was openly speaking out against the bill. But you don't hear that on television. Why is that? Because Biden knew the bill was dead in arrival. This was all a setup to try to blame Republicans. And that's it. It was all about trying to blame Republicans. 
It was never a serious bill to begin with. And the only thing that they had a chance of getting it through was because of the Ukraine money, because so many Republicans need a safe space to hide. But when you hear people like Al Sharpton repeating what Republicans and conservatives are saying, know that there's a game being played here. And it is a game. Don't believe this stuff. Don't believe it. Here's more of the White House fembot, Karine Jean-Pierre, on Biden speaking to dead French people. By the way, you know that band Dead Kennedys? How about dead French presidents? My new band. (laughs) My cover band for Dead Kennedys. Dead French presidents. Dead French. Are they presidents or prime ministers over there? What are they? Uh, uh, President. President? Yeah. Dead French presidents. Biden had breakfast with Napoleon. Biden actually had a double Big Mac with Napoleon today. Do you know that? No joke. A double Big Mac would put him in the hospital. Probably, right? (laughs) But would would Napoleon like it? That's the question. Huh? Uh, Mike Braun says, I had a double quarter pounder from McDonald's. It was awesome. It was less than five guys and better than most restaurants. About 12 bucks with fries and a Coke. It was fresh and good. Thank you, Mike, for that weighing in on that. I appreciate that very much. Making me hungry, though. Uh, here's Biden. He just had he had, he had a croissant sandwich with uh, the dead French president. That's when Burger King has that, right? The croissant sandwich. Uh, Isn't that their breakfast sandwich? I haven't had Burger King in years. I can't I, tell I, you. I, that. Burger, Burger King is on the bottom of my list. I don't. I don't frequent that. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. You remember this, this shows you a lot about how um, there was no real backing for the movie iron man you know the first movie in the avengers Mm -hmm. universe was iron man right and that's where tony stark goes when he comes back from being in the cave burger king (laughs) really i don't think their burgers are bad but everything else Mm -hmm. is terrible but but there was but burger king would not have been able to afford the avengers end game see by then it was mcdonald's yeah see what i'm saying mm -hmm. then you got the mcdonald's happy meal but that like iron man went to burger king you know what i mean yeah stop Come on. Uh, but yeah, BK, you have it your way. So cut number two. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. You saw Spain. the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. Don't worry about it if he's talking to dead French presidents. Don't you worry. Not a problem. Don't worry. Uh, by the way, the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, the incompetent Homeland Security Secretary is underway as we speak right now. And the Republicans can afford no more than two defections and two Republicans already committed no's. Tom McClintock of California and Ken Buck of Colorado. A handful of others are on the fence. But when asked if they had the votes to impeach Speaker, if they had the votes to impeach, the Speaker, Mike Johnson, said, I believe we do. By the way, um, Speaker Johnson Talked about how the bipartisan border bill, which is now dead, would actually make things worse. Kind of a long cut, but it's worth hearing at least some of it anyway. Take a listen. Morning. This, this Sunday, uh, the Senate was supposed to release a uh, supplemental funding bill that we've been waiting on for a couple of months now. And it was supposed to have a border security uh, set of provisions in it. That is not what we got. We got a supplemental 
funding proposal with immigration provisions. It's not a border security bill. It doesn't do uh, anything of the sort. In fact, in our view, after a careful, thoughtful review of this, we believe that if those provisions were to make law, it might actually make the situation worse. Let me give you a couple citations. There's just a few of our of our countless concerns with the bill and the form that it was sent to us. On page 321, for example, the bill expands work authorizations for illegal aliens, threatens American workers' wages, and also acts as another magnet for illegal immigration. It's a pull factor. Um, you, you don't want to tell people around the world to come on in over the border. We'll give you work, and by the way, we'll put most of you on public assistance so that the American taxpayer can use spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to feed, house, and clothe, and educate you. That, that's not the message that, you're, that is helpful to send around the world. On page 116 of the bill, it endorses the Biden administration's catch-and-release policy, endorses it, by allowing illegals to be, quote, released from fis fiscal, physical custody, unquote. Um, it, instead of uh, uh, deciding, uh, uh, you know, asylum on a case-by-case on a -case basis, as the law specifically states currently, what they would do is just engage in more of these large-scale releases. The shutdown authority in, in the bill, you know, you've heard some things said about that, it, but it's riddled with loopholes. You, you might not have heard that part. It gives Secretary Mayorkas, who is, of course, one of the chief architects of the catastrophe that we're all dealing with, the authority to undermine that. You can, you can find that on pages 218 and 219 of the, of the bill. Nothing less than American sovereignty is at stake. Our nation's sovereignty is what is at stake. This transcends politics. It transcends your political party. Everybody should understand that this is a fundamental responsibility of the federal government to secure the border. If you don't have a secure border, you don't have safety, you don't have security, and you don't have sovereignty. He's exactly and right. And in addition to that, Corrine Jean-Pierre, I'll play this when we get back, was asked the question, is Biden considering any executive action? We'll talk about that as well. This whole thing was a fugazi. This whole border bill was a fugazi. Listen, NJ Diet, though, is not a fugazi. It's the real deal. And it's guaranteed. If you gave up your New Year's resolution, don't worry. Reach out to NJ Diet because they will help you lose the weight safe and the natural way. Their results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. With NJ Diet, you will lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, contractually guaranteed. NJ Diet uses your hair and your saliva along with bioenergetic scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get you and your body into the fat-burning zone. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help you keep the weight off. Don't take shots for the rest of your life. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. Naturally, quickly, and safely with NJ Diet. No hormones, no prepackaged foods, no shots. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. Call 855-5-NJ-DIET. That's 855-5-NJ-DIET or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. njdiet.com and lose the weight for good. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast yes. this, this is the next, is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli
Well, the border bill is dead in arrival. The question, though, is the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas also dead in arrival? At least two Republicans plan to vote no. And former President Donald Trump, the D.C. Circuit Court says he has no immunity from his actions as president. It is a constitutional disaster waiting to happen. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We have talked about a lot of things. We've covered a lot of ground on the show, as we often do. And we go where the news goes, because I think part of the beauty of Afternoon Drive is that we are all over the breaking news issues. So as we speak right now, it is down to the wire on the vote to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. And it will come down to attendance, because Steve Scalise has been out. He's battling cancer. Several Democrats and Republicans missed votes earlier today. Absences on either side could affect the outcome. And that's happening right now. Um, Look, Mayorkas is a disaster, but I don't have any faith that even if he gets impeached, that the Senate would remove him because the the Senate is controlled by Schumer and McConnell. And they're on the same page with all this stuff. I mean, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer run the show. They're buddies. They're all part of the swamp. You know, they, 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 they publicly say things that they have to say sometimes, but they don't mean any of that stuff. They're all they're all buddies. You know what I mean? They're all buddies. Here is uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the leader of the Democrats in the House, who is defending Alejandro Mayorkas against impeachment charges. Cut number eight. Again, uh, what does the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas have to do with building a healthy economy? Nothing. What does the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas have to do with addressing the inflationary pressures that have existed on the economy since the shutdown of the economy as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? Nothing. All right, that's enough nothing. for him. I can't, I can't take it anymore. Thank you. Uh, Tucker Carlson is in Russia, and the media is freaking out about that. So this is controversial, obviously. He's there to interview uh, the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Now, I want to make a point that I think is worth m- mentioning. And it's a point that Colin Rugg put out on Twitter earlier today. It's actually a retweet of something that Glenn Greenwald said. And Glenn Greenwald pointed out that I think it was, it might have been 60 Minutes. It might have been, uh, it was one of those shows, you know. And and I'm pretty sure it was Mike Wallace who went. Went to Afghanistan and interviewed Osama bin Laden in a cave. You know, prior to 9-11. I mean, they went out there and he went and they did the interview and he came back and he was talking to people about you know what it was like and he did speak to the authorities the american authorities about it but journalists interview bad guys i mean i think nord o'donnell sat down with um bashar al-assad from syria if i'm not mistaken or it was one of them who did i don't know they all they all kind of run together but the point is that tucker carlson going over there is causing the media to freak out that a journalist is interviewing a quote-unquote bad guy. And they can't stand the fact of that. They absolutely hate it. To prove that point, here is from CNN. This is now uh, Aaron Burnett fuming about this. Cut 16. A massive shakeup in Kiev coming as Putin is trying to court the MAGA GOP in the United States. In fact, one of the leaders of the MAGA GOP is in Moscow tonight. It's the man you see here with the MAGA leader Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson. Possibly there in Moscow to interview Putin. Definitely there as a Putin-supporting celebrity. Just listen to how Russian state media is breathlessly celebrating his visit. 
Independent journalist Tucker Carlson has flown to Russia from the U.S. via Turkey to Vinukova Airport. He saw Spartacus Ballet at the Bolshoi Theater, had lunch in a nice restaurant, went for a ride around town, rode the subway. He charged his smartphone via a USB port and connected to a fast and free Wi-Fi internet. He charged his phone, although they're knowing the details about the fact that it was during USB port may give him reason to think twice about all of this. But look at them talking about him like a celebrity. Everything he does on camera, breathlessly repeated. Now, it is unclear if an interview between Putin and Carlson will take place. But if it does, it gives Putin a chance to sit down with a big supporter. Glenn Greenwald put it best when he said the U.S. corporate media drowned Americans with dozens of interviews with Zelensky that didn't include a single challenging question. Now people are pretending to be angry that Carlson's interview with Putin, which they haven't seen yet, is similarly fawning. He said corporate journalists are angry Carlson is interviewing Putin solely because they're afraid Americans will finally hear a different perspective. It's the same impulse that led them to demand TikTok censor the bin Laden letter. These journalists exist to promote U.S. propaganda. He also said not a word. Uh, He was talking about how somebody was going on about, I hope Tucker Carlson will press Vladimir Putin to release American journalist Evan Gershokovich from prison, which I do too, by the way. But Glenn Greenwald points out not a word from this person defending Julian Assange's press freedom rights or criticizing Biden DOJ's attempts to extradite him. Few things are emptier or more cowardly than journalists who pointlessly criticize repressive acts by foreign governments, but not their own. And he also points out that Biden just allowed the Ukrainians to murder a U.S. journalist, Gonzalo Lira, in prison, where he where he was in prison because he criticized Zelensky and virtually nobody in corporate media said a word. They don't care about press freedoms only when used as a cudgel to advance U.S. war policies. So here's Tucker Carlson on his uh, his ex account announcing that he's interviewing Putin and giving his justification for his reasons why. And you can decide if he should be doing this or not. Cut 17. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and has depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances. And the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast. And along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. 
And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda. Propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. Let me just Putin. stop it real quick. Um, it's a pretty stunning allegation that Tucker Carlson is making that the Biden administration spied on him and tried to uh, use their efforts to intimidate him to not go over there. And, you know, I got to give Road Warrior credit because if we don't, Matt, you know, we'll hear about it. <laughs> So let me thank Road Warrior for sending a picture. It's a little picture uh, montage or whatever you call a picture with uh, various pictures of Vladimir Putin with Barbara Walters, Vladimir Putin with the unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos, Vladimir Putin with um, Charlie Rose, and Vladimir Putin with Tucker Carlson. And under the other three, Walters, Stephanopoulos, and Charlie Rose, it says journalism, journalism, journalism. Under Tucker Carlson, it says treason. Uh, let's continue. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. and We want it to remain prosperous and free. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group. Nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing shot live to tape and unedited on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. 
John Miller was the uh, was the journalist who interviewed Osama bin Laden back in the late 1990s. John Miller. Uh, so that's happening. And then in addition to that, I should point out to you the fact that obviously the president today came out and said we need 60 billion dollars for Ukraine. He's wearing his Ukraine tie. So I think the question is, as a journalist, can we understand why Putin is doing what he's doing? And then as Americans, since we don't have a debate on this in Congress, we, our Congress doesn't debate these things anymore. They just put them into supplemental bills and just vote on them and pass them. And I certainly don't feel like I know the full story. I don't think I understand everything. I mean, do you honestly? I, does anybody? How, how can we? There's no debate. If Congress, the Constitution is pretty clear. It wants Congress to debate these things. They're not doing that. That is the big story of the day today, by the way, brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. My dentist, my friend, the master of dental implants. Go see him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. But to argue that he's a traitor or it's treason or anything else for him to go over there and interview him is insane. I mean, that's that's just crazy. But, you know, this is the time we live in right now. Tucker Carlson is going to be accused of this because, obviously, I've told you before, corporations are all in on the Ukraine war for various different reasons, but mostly it comes down to money. And a big part of that is because there are a lot of people in the military industrial complex getting rich off this war. I mean, $60 billion going to Ukraine to buy munitions. And that's munitions that would come from American defense contractors that a lot of people get rich. The swamp has a lot of lawyers and lobbyists and everybody else who are all saying this needs to happen. This needs to happen. Maybe you will hear the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin and conclude it should. We should continue to fund Ukraine. We should be all in. Perhaps you may hear it and get a different perspective. Perhaps you may say it's irrelevant and, and, and it doesn't move the needle either way. Who knows? But the point is, if we're going to be right now, we're, we're talking about a, a quote-unquote border bill that includes $60 billion for Ukraine without a congressional debate on the merits of funding this never-ending conflict in Ukraine. We're not calling for a ceasefire with Ukraine. We're calling for one with Israel, but not with Ukraine. And what I'd like to know is when we know the swamp is getting rich off this and we know that then the corporations and the corporate media are trying to so quickly shut Tucker Carlson down and call him a traitor. And they're and they're not interested. You know, the mainstream media, corporate media is not with the exception of the New York Times ran an op ed from Vladimir Putin. And when was that, Matt? Do you know when that was? Uh, I think it was 2013. 2013. But now you can't engage any of that. And I told you, again, the reason why the intelligentsia, the establishment is behind Nikki Haley is Nikki Haley would keep their war going. The military industrial complex is getting very, very rich off of this war in Ukraine. A lot of the same people from government go to work on the boards of these military industrial companies. A lot of the same people are friends with the same people who own the big corporations and they're all buddies with the media. I mean, it's a revolving circle. It's a... It's a it, continuous uh, feedback loop where they only get the same feedback from each other. And they don't want you to hear anything to challenge any narrative. That's very key here in all this, obviously. So we'll find out what Tucker says. I'm, I'm not going to comment on an interview I haven't seen yet, but I look forward to watching it. I don't see why anybody would be intimidated by a conversation with somebody like that. If nothing else, Maybe perhaps it'll move the needle for people to say we should be giving Ukraine another $60 billion. I doubt it, but you never know. But obviously they're, they're, they're worried about that, and so they want to shut it down. And, you know, that's uh, it's a problem. I, I, don't, I don't understand why a journalist right now, for example, in America isn't trying to get an interview with the president of Mexico 
to find out why he's being accused of being uh, in with the Sinaloa cartel. But again, we don't really have media anymore. We have people that are there, as Bill Maher said it, and he said it well, to push a narrative. That's their job. Their job is to push a narrative. Now, Joe Biden has an opportunity to sit down during the Super Bowl and to have a really talk about a, a feelsy, hands goody kind of an interview with Nord O'Donnell during the Super Bowl halftime show where, you know, he's not going to really get challenged on anything. I said the same thing as Brit Hume, but I think what Brit Hume said is exactly right here. He's obviously worse than people think he is, which is why they're not letting him do this. Cut 18. News today that President Biden is not going to agree to the Super Bowl interview. Traditional, it was. Uh, we had the Super Bowl last year on Big Fox. Uh, he did not do the interview uh, with the news side of Fox News. If you look at the interviews by presidents at this time in their presidency, President Obama was at 102. Uh, President Trump was at 36. These are sit-down, full-time interviews. And President Biden's at 21. Uh, what do you make of this decision, and what does it portend about the campaign ahead i think it makes perfect political sense if you're trying to get the guy reelected. um he's obviously infirm and unwell and too old uh and the country believes that and and sees it daily when they see him in action just looking at him walk will tell you that so sitting him out, putting him out on an interview and heaven knows what will happen in such an interview and what kind of a mistakes he might make, what inaccuracies he might quote, what stories he might make up you don't know. Uh, keeping him uh, under wraps throughout the campaign in 2020 was good strategy. Uh, uh, the less people see of him, the better he does. So I think that's it's just political calculus, and, and uh, he ought to do interviews. The president ought to be able to do them. He really can't, so they don't put him out. Makes sense. My mic was off. Sorry, because I didn't want to cough in your ear. I was trying to be polite. Then I forgot to put it back on. Happens, just the, happens to the best of us. <laughs> just my mic's off. You know what I mean? Uh, by the way, a quick question before I go to the White House fan about Kareem Jean-Pierre. You get invited to a birthday dinner. Do you expect to pay or do you think that the birthday person, like the greater Chris, who I'm not wishing happy birthday to today, <laughs> Like, if he invited people out to celebrate his birthday, should he pick up the bill or should everybody pay for his meal? I think everyone should pay for his meal, unless he's an incredibly wealthy individual. Henry? Yeah, I second that. I agree. It's unanimous. Because there's an influencer on TikTok who is shredded. Her name is Tinks. You know who this is? I've never heard of no. her. No. Tinks? She's an influencer. <laughs> Every, everyone's an influencer. <laughs> There's a meaningless word nowadays. She said the following to her 1.5 million followers. If you invite a person to a restaurant of your choosing for your birthday, you should pay for everybody. I totally disagree with that. Completely 100% disagree. Everybody? Everybody. Yeah. I've never seen that before. There's a difference between throwing a party in which you invite people to your house to celebrate a birthday party and everybody brings a gift. But in lieu of the gift, when you go out to a birthday dinner, everybody, the expectation is you're treating the birthday boy or girl you know what i mean yeah it's polite like we took dr maz out for his birthday last week and we we paid for him and his wife joanne's uh portion of the meal maz makes a lot more money than i do but that's not the point it's his birthday we wanted to spend time with him we picked up the check i, I it's not a i, I don't i don't i'm not going to say like okay it's your birthday you pay <laughs> 
That's ridiculous. If you invite people to your house for a birthday party or if you rent a catering hall or something, then everybody goes. There's no ex- expectation they'll give you money, but they bring you a gift, right? Yeah, a gift, bottle of wine. Yeah, something. bottle of wine, gift, bourbon, something, all the above. But if in light of that, in lieu of that, then everybody comes to the birthday dinner. The expectation is you pick up the check for the birthday person and their spouse, usually a spouse. I don't think this is controversial at all. No, I've never heard of it. I think Tinks <laughs> it sounds, is wrong. It sounds, I mean, I haven't seen the video, but this kind of almost sounds like clickbait, like just rage bait. Oh, Like just be yeah. com- so completely wrong that it's going to get clicks, it's going to get comments and just drive your engagement up. I used to write off a lot of stuff as clickbait, but now I think there are a lot of stupid people that actually believe these things. Because people want to be right and you just say the dumbest thing imaginable and people are going to jump down your throat in the comments and it's like... Good for me. I'm making more money because of you guys. Well, you know what? I think you're right, Henry. I do. Because she's already got like a million a million views and thousands of comments and people have shared this. You know what I mean? And now I'm talking about it. So you're yeah. right. <laughs> I'm only talking about it because it is a really good philosophical question we just solved. I think we all agree. Unanimous. And, and you have to be wary of the rage bait. Don't go for it. Yeah, thank you. Well said. Well said by Henry. Rage bait. I like that. Copyright that. Rage bait. Uh, here's the White House fanbot responding to why Biden won't do the Super Bowl interview. Take a listen. Hold on. Which number is that? Oh, wait, I got it. Anything specifically on why you're not doing the Super Bowl interview? I mean, that's a massive audience in an election year of people who may not be tuned into this White House or this election at this moment. So, look, as you know, Super Bowl is a great annual tradition. Uh, and uh, look, the president certainly, President Biden, looks forward to uh, uh, to watching the game this Sunday, just like millions of, as you just stated, just like millions of Americans are going are going to be doing that. Uh, and look, you know, we hope that the viewers uh, who tuned in, uh, you know, we know that the viewers who tuned in, they they tune in to watch the game, right? And so, right. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, that is. Uh, um, that is just a fact. They want to see the game. They want to see their favorite team. They want to see a halftime show. Uh, that is what the super is that type of tradition. The president will find many other ways to communicate with Americans, uh, the millions of Americans out there. And we will uh, find those ways to do it uh, where we think the time is right. Now, Brit, Brit Hume is correct. He's much more infirm than we realize. And the proof of that is in the answer he gave today about the hostage deal, which I will share with you next. Uh, former President Trump said the following, Crooked Joe Biden has just announced that he will not be doing the big Super Bowl interview. A great decision. He can't put two sentences together. I would be happy to replace him. It would be ratings gold. Indeed it would. And I don't know if Trump will bring up any dead French people that he's hung out with lately, but probably not. Uh, McCall's and Lock Service, they are the best at what they do, and they are proud to once again support our Travis Mannion Foundation Radiothon, which is coming up next month. For over 100 years, Tom, Chrissy, and the entire team understand how important it is to support a great cause like the Travis Mannion Foundation. So if you've lost your car keys or your key fob is broken, you've got to call McCall's and Lock Service. They're the experts you need to repair, replace, reprogram original factory remotes, transponder keys, chip keys, and more. In addition to major makes, they also can help with various BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, and Audi vehicles. They can help you while you wait, and the best part is they charge up to 50% below what you'd pay at a dealer. They are a full-service locksmith, and they are available for whatever you need, and they are dedicated to delivering superior customer service. So call McCausen Lock Service today at 610-430-1500. 
Ask to talk to Tom or Chrissy about how they can help you. At 610-430-1500 or visit them. They're conveniently located on Route 420 in Prospect Park, PA. McCausland Lock Service. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. And Toby Keith was our Thank friend, and we miss him friend. greatly. Passed away. True legend. Uh, it appears right now they don't have the votes to impeach Mayorkas. Uh, this is happening live right now, and it seems as if the Speaker may be pulling the vote, which means taking it off the table, which would, of course, be a huge defeat for Speaker Mike Johnson. Uh, but it's not clear yet. Uh, Dave Joyce, Republican of Ohio, is one of the undeclared Republicans that they've been watching. He's on the floor right now talking to Tom Ep- Tom Emmer, the whip. Emmer, earlier today, uh, earlier today, I'm sorry, Congressman Joyce told reporters he had made up his mind on the impeachment vote, but wouldn't say how. I don't understand why any Republicans would defect from this. It makes no sense. But Republicans do this crap all the time. They they do they undermine each other they do this democrats never do this and republicans do this all the time and i don't i I don't understand what the upside is here to voting no on this i cannot figure it out uh let's see as we watch that right now and it's happening in real time so if it happens before seven o'clock we'll make sure that you know what's happening what's going on um i just i wanted to just share with you you know when joe biden got in there he put forward 94 executive actions in his first hundred days to dilute border security, all the things Trump did and more things you didn't even know about. Biden did 94 executive actions. Now we've heard all week that Biden needs extra special superpowers to be able to actually secure the border. And that's a lie. We know that that's a lie because presidents have all kinds of broad authority to make sure that the laws are enforced. And the president also put executive action in to undo what Trump did via executive action to secure the border. But now the White House fembot Karine Jean-Pierre says Biden is not considering any executive action. Cut number six. Last month that there was a crisis at the border. I know the White House is calling on uh, members of Congress to, I think in your words, to put policy above politics. In the absence of that, though, uh, is the president evaluating any executive actions that he could take on his own? Uh, to address that crisis? Is he looking at perhaps a menu of things like you know, maybe a, a state of emergency or yeah. new, new policies that he can act on his own? We have a bipartisan agreement that the Senate put forth. Republicans and Democrats came together. There's actually a piece of legislation. Text came out on Sunday. Folks have been working on that for two months, and it is the toughest and the fairest piece of legislation that we've seen in decades. There is something out there, right there in Congress, for them to answer those questions that you just asked me. Uh, warmonger Lindsey Graham, who, of course, is uh, totally in on this border package, is on TV right now with the dumbest United States senator in the entire mainland, that fraud Richard Blumenthal. Uh, remember, Maisie Hirono is the dumbest U.S. senator not from the mainland because she represents Hawaii in the Senate. But uh, Blumenthal, that stolen valor moron, he and Lindsey Graham together have a bill to remove tech company liability protections. The guy who's all in on giving Ukraine another $60 billion and all in on this border deal, Lindsey Graham, wants to now take away tech company protections. Now, I know that that may sound good because you go, well, the children. But what that means then is that they are going to start policing speech and content. And if they're worried about getting sued for speech and content, that means they're going to take it down. So the minute that you start arguing that men are men and women are women, 
or the minute that Riley Gaines goes on and talks about how those volleyball players that just won were all dudes and not women, or the minute that somebody goes on and says the COVID vaccine for kids is a terrible idea, or the minute somebody puts out, you know, hey, hydroxychloroquine could help people. Tech companies are going to take all that down because they're afraid of being sued and they don't want to be accused of bullying and they don't want to be accused of spreading misinformation and they don't want to do any of those things. So this will be a disaster that will blow up in our faces once again. And the best way I can tell you that it's a disaster is because Lindsey Graham is supporting it, along with Richard Blumenthal. Two morons. Uh, The House is now voting on Mayorkas' impeachment and the yeas right now are at 201. And uh, there's a minute 41 left on the vote. What do they need, Matt, to get the number? Do you know what the magic number is? So there are different counts according to different sources. Some people say that they couldn't afford to lose more than two. Others are saying they couldn't afford to lose more than three. I guess it But do they need 218 or not because of Uh, the— No, less because there's, uh, I guess, a few uh, Congress members that actually aren't in attendance. So what's the magic number? Do you know? I'm not sure what the magic number is off the top of my head. (laughs) I, I don't really know who's even there. This is live right now on the House floor as they're voting to impeach Mayorkas. Three nays is not good, though. Uh, right. Three Republican nays is not good. Because you had said they already had two nays and they couldn't afford to lose anyone else, right? Yeah, so right now it looks like it's Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, Ken Buck of Colorado, and Tom McClintock of California. Ken that Buck have is all useless. I mean, these no. people are useless. They're useless. I don't understand the point. Of I don't understand the point of this. All you're going to do is just make the speaker look bad. You're going to embarrass the party, and you're going to give Mayorkas and Biden a win. I don't know what why you'd vote no on this. You know it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate anyway, so what the hell is the point of voting no? It's a, a pure Republican stupidity at its best, I'm telling you. Uh, speaking of that, Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked a question today on Biden's press engagement. And it turns out he's done fewer interviews than any president in modern U.S. history, but uh, this is what she said. Cut number three. Is there any question? I mean, the president seemed pretty explicit. And I I asked this in addition to the context of Friday where he'll be posting the German chancellor and it doesn't appear like there's a press conference on the schedule. That's another one of these foreign leader um, visits and skipped a Super Bowl ad or a Super Bowl interview. So it it just seems, again, like we're in one of these instances where the president is not communicating with the press. I mean, look, seriously, stay tuned. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is that is uh, that is the answer for you. Uh, look, I mean, look, the president took questions yesterday, took questions today. So I wouldn't say that he is not engaged. Well, actually, let's and, hear Biden answer a question today when he talked about Hamas, because this is a mess right now. By the way, the vote right now is two fifteen to two fifteen with one member not voting. I'm going to assume and I don't know for a fact that two sixteen is the magic number. That's what it looks like. As of now, it's a tie. So that means that that one member of Congress who's not voting, well, I'm going to guess is a Republican. It is the a Democrats Repo- are all united, right? We, we don't know who it is, though, do we? Uh, I have not seen the name yet. All right. Well, as we wait for that, this is Biden today mumbling and stuttering as we need a babble translation for him as he talks about the opposition, meaning Hamas. Take a listen. You're going to ask me questions. Hang on a second. I'm going to be back on Thursday. I don't want to prejudice what may be going on in negotiations now. So I'm not going to be answering any questions of this. I'll be back Thursday to stand here with you and answer all the questions you want about this issue. Thank you.
This indirectly has a lot to do with the hostage deal and what's going on in the Middle East. The decision on what we do relative to Israel, the decision what we do in terms of American funding, of whether we're going to engage with the situation in Ukraine. It all goes to the question of American power. It all goes to, was America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, uh, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Mr. President, if this- that's why that's why they don't let him engage with the press for that very reason right there. All right. When we come back, I'll tell you what's happening with this Im- impeachment right now. It's 215 to 215 with one member, one Republican not voting yet. We're coming right back. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. That, of course, is the great Willie Nelson with the late, great Toby Keith, who passed away today, Patriot Superstar. That song is one of my favorites. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas has survived the House impeachment vote. Now, I, I look, politics 101 is you, you don't bring a vote up unless you have the votes. You don't, you don't bring a vote up unless you have the votes. That's, that's politics 101. Everybody knows that. I don't understand this. I really don't understand this. Uh, I understand that Al Green of Texas was not supposed to be there, so they weren't weren't counting on that affecting the quorum. But at the same time, and and I should mention for the record, Al Green was the first House Democrat to tr- to vote to impeach Trump. So quite the story arc for him, yes, indeed. So they weren't counting on that, but nevertheless, they were still way off in their votes here. And now that the totals are. Are, uh, they're, they're now voting to suspend the rules and pass. I don't know. What, what are they doing right now? This is something else now, I guess. Are they trying it again? I have no idea what they're doing now. I really can't figure this out. All I know is that, this, that first of all, the Republicans, there were, I believe, four who voted no, are idiots. They're idiots. Because all you've done now is you've given a win to the Biden administration and to Mayorkas. This thing was dead in arrival in the Senate anyway. But who cares? That's okay. That doesn't matter. It, 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 you, you stick with the party. You, you push it across the finish line, you impeach Mayorkas, you send a message to the American people, you're trying to do something. And then you let Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell kill it in the Senate. There's no reason to vote no on this. This is Republicans do the stupidest things. I'm telling you, they do the dumbest things. That Democrats don't do this. They all vote lockstep on everything, on everything. And Republicans break from the ranks, and then this happens. So now Mayorkas has survived. And now the Republicans look incompetent, the Speaker looks incompetent, the whip looks incompetent. Everybody looks incompetent. And you have four Republicans who get to what? Run home to their district and say, I voted against impeaching Mayorkas. For what reason? What, what's the, what, what, uh, what, what is that going to get you? Even if you have a swing district, how's that going to help you? Everybody's angry about the immigration problem. Biden spent the entire day today blaming Trump for the immigration problem. So you blame Mayorkas. It's, poli- it's easy. This is basic politics here. If Biden's blaming Trump, you blame Mayorkas. And blame Biden and impeach Mayorkas and tell your constituents you're trying to do something about it. 
this is, it's just, it's utterly, utterly foolish of them to do this. It's utterly foolish. And I don't understand why they'd be this stupid. I really don't. Um, and, you know, and the, and the problem is right now, of course, this is what's see from Luke Broadwater of the New York Times. Republicans are counting on bringing back Steve Scalise, who is battling cancer to try to impeach Mayorkas again after failing on their first attempt today. So I guess they're going to keep trying here until they get to the magic number. But you've got 13 Republicans voting no on suspending the rules and passing, which I'm guessing then is to re-vote. And 13 Republicans, are, at least of now, are no votes on re-voting. So you may not even, you may not even win that vote. I mean, what a, dis- what a, di- what a disaster. I, don't, I, I just don't understand these people. Honestly, I really don't. And meanwhile, the corporate media is gushing over the border bill. James Lankford was on with Dana Bash. Just listen to the gushing from Dana Bash. I mean, this is just, it's CNN. It's just, ugh, it's gross. Cut 10. Uh, well, I, I understand that. I, um, I thank you for coming on. And point of personal privilege, as you like to say, in the United States Senate, I've covered you since you got here uh, to Washington back in, uh, in 2010. And I don't know of a more conservative uh, member of Congress than you. So uh, just to sort of lay out the facts where we see them. Thank you so much. Appreciate wow. it. Wow. What, okay. a, what an unbiased uh, journalist Dana Bash is. Dana, I could name you a lot more people more conservative than James Langford. That's everybody who's a no vote on this bill. Because there's nothing conservative about this bill. Nothing at all. Uh, so the they don't have the votes to even have a second vote here, if I'm understanding this correctly. They don't have the votes. It was not a done deal. And now they don't seem to have the votes now to... If, if I'm understanding what... What they're doing, suspending the rules to pass, which would be to vote again. Maybe I'm wrong. But they have 203 yay votes from the Republicans, 46 yay votes from the Democrats. I don't know why any Democrats would be voting for this. I'm confused as to what's happening. But I think they've switched things up and they're now trying to pass a standalone aid package for Israel, which also is supposed to not have enough uh, support to pass. But uh, I, I don't well, know. Well, at least that they can blame that on Democrats. Yeah. At least that one they can blame on Democrats, but I don't know why 13 Republicans would be voting against an aid package for Israel. Apparently, some are voting against it because they it's not paid for. It's not. Oh, well, neutral. then that's, you know, you've got Massey and others who are very consistent in their approach to those things. If they don't have the money, it's not paid for. They're not voting for it. You have some. OK, so let me rephrase what I said. I understand there's some people that are saying we should not be giving out foreign aid. That's a principled stance that they've had. There are a number of Republicans who feel that way. But the Democrats who are voting no on aid to Israel are doing it for two reasons, either out of hatred for Israel or because it does not include any funding for Ukraine. They want to tie the two together. Because if they do an up or down vote on Ukraine funding, that fails. That also fails. And that's $60 billion. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, The great one, Mark Levin, will take it from here. He'll give you any updates on this. But again, Republican stupidity and incompetence at its best. These four members, and we will talk more about them tomorrow, of course, but... Why you bring a vote up when you don't have the votes, I don't know. Henry, thank you for playing all the Toby Keith music today. I appreciate it very much. It was great stuff to honor him and his memory. Uh, Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We're back with you tomorrow at 3. Mark Levin is up next. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.